0: This is Sunshine and the Turtle, in with a couple of nice gentlemen. Wait, what's in with this intrusion? This is what's wrong with society today, an intrusion to per- people's personal space. Oh, I can't handle this. Beverly Taylor Thomas, who was the Super Bowl champions this year? The San Francisco 49ers? Ah, this is what's wrong with society today. Young folks think they know everything. Beverly Taylor Thomas, who won the U.S. Open golf. Corey Pavin.
1: <laughs> who was Time's magazine's Man of the Year? New Kink <laughs>
0: From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Bass Street, Minnesota, Main Main Event status: Radio with your host. Mr. Beverly Hill, 90210, and
2: the dirty dog.
0: Welcome to Midevent Status Radio, recorded live from Hartford Civic Center, right here in Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> Uh, there's no cheap pop. I'm no. Dirty Dog Darcy. Joining me as always is Mr. Beverly Hills, chilling in the 90210. Mr. Beverly Hills, what's a happening?
1: Uh, it's going great, man. Life is good. It's warm outside, so can't can't much argue with that. And joining us
0: today for this mega cast, so to say, is a guy who helped kick us off on this Road to WrestleMania 11 series, the yes. one, and the only. Daddy Sunshine. Daddy, what's a happening?
2: Oh man, oh, a whole trying to enjoy the nice weather.
0: We are, we are, and I want to thank you, Daddy Sunshine, for joining us for another podcast. Yeah. It's we, a mega cast. We are reviewing Rest the Eleven from the Hartford Civ- Civic Center from Hartford, Connecticut. Attendance was 16,305. On Sunday, April 2nd, 1995, Okay. I wanted to ask you, what was happening in Hartford, Connecticut back in
1: 1995? Oh gosh, is this part of the 1995 pop culture quiz? No, it isn't. Oh, 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 darn. I thought that's where you were going with it. I thought you were setting me up. I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I I don't know either. And I was wondering, why not go somewhere else nearby like... New York city or (laughs) somewhere in New Jersey
1: or the great continent of Pennsylvania or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. We, well, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, I think. And I totally, why, why aren't they at Meadowlands arena in New Jersey? I think that if you want to get a Lawrence Taylor crowd, that's where you should be. Yeah. And then, you know, you're in the New York metropolitan area too, but I don't know. Wanted to be in the backyard of Titan towers, I guess in Hartford. I
0: know, Daddy Assumption when I had you on the podcast a couple months ago, you did talk about this a little bit, but do you remember anything that was happening back in 1995 in professional wrestling?
2: As you can know, see, yeah, that's the very beginning of the old Monday Night War gig, and as see, yeah, there's nothing really special that really happened back in '95, really.
0: Which I agree with, and during the series, Beverly Hills and I approached... Touched that a little bit off and on that, yeah, not really was uh, happening in the early months of 1995 in the World Wrestling Federation.
1: Right. Yeah, so far.
0: <laughs> and for, I don't know, we kind of talked about in episode 32, the go home edition of Monday Night Raw, going into WrestleMania 11. And with the show opening, we thought, I guess I thought, it'd be cool to have both Daddy Sunshine and Mr. Beverly Hills kind of talk about 1995 and I guess, pop culture happenings because I guess that is the game plan. So, I'll see the Super Bowl 29 champions were the San Francisco (laughs) 49ers. Do you guys have any memories of that season or that Super Bowl?
1: You can go first, Daddy.
0: I was going to
2: say, for me, not really. I was going to say the Niners were pretty consistent in being in the Super Bowl around that time frame, but I mean, for pop culture, I was, gonna say, yeah, I was
1: 16 at the time. I really don't remember very much of pop culture 20 years ago. You're old. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, re- I remember that football team, because I, I am a huge football fan, so uh, even though I was little, but the yeah, they whooped in the Super Bowl. I suppose you have the score there was like 42-13 or something I like did not that. Have they, the score, but oh, I just had they, they kicked they kicked but they were an awesome team. I really wanted the Chargers to win, but you know, cuz am I'm, I'm just kind of an underdog type guy, but they did not. <laughs> 49ers really worked at it. And we saw one of the one of the stars from the 49ers, Ken Norton. He was on the LT All-Pro team. And the NBA champions of this year
0: was the oh, Houston? I mean, yes. Houston Rockets. Yes, the Houston Rockets. Not <laughs> Owen Hart, the Rocket Owen Hart, but the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Do you guys have any memories uh, memories of Houston Rockets back in 95?
2: I was going to say, for me, no. I'm not very much the basketball person, so for me, it's a big uh, heck no on that one.
1: Then we must oh. go to the Stanley Oh Oh hey, man, this is the this is one of those years that Michael Jordan. I almost called him Michael Jackson, but Michael <laughs> Jordan. He was he was playing baseball, so it was one of the years where I was kind of up for grabs for everybody. This is what I don't know for some reason ninety five big year in my life. I guess I remember I remember this pretty fondly because my mom was a big New York Knicks fan, so and they played them in the finals and they lost. So it was, uh, yeah. We're we're all we're all uh, sports fans in the Beverly Hills household. Then the Stanley Cup champions were the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, I remember that one. They could have played at their or they could have done their WrestleMania at their arena.
0: And the US Open Golf winner was Corey Pavin. Yeah.
2: Couldn't tell you who in the world that is.
0: <laughs> That's why I thought I'll throw <laughs> it in there. So he had
1: a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> he had a nice mustache.
0: Then the That's U.S. In the U.S. Tennis and Wimbledon champions were. Let's you know, see how bad I butcher these people's names. Pete Sampras S- and Stephanie S- Graf. S- Stephanie Steph- Graf.
1: Steffi. Steffi. It's a lady. Well, I hope she's a lady. <laughs> Yep, Steffi Graf and Pete Sampras. Pete Sampras dominated, like, all the 90s in uh, in tennis. He was awesome. I didn't really like him, though.
0: Then the NCAA football champions
1: <laughs> was the state of Nebraska. Okay, yep. Tom Osborne was the coach. Tommy Frazier. The NCAA
0: basketball champions mm. was a UCLA.
1: UCLA, yep.
0: Yeah, no. aqua, And Beverly Hills, let's see if you can get this one. Okay. Who won the Kentucky, the Kentucky oh, Derby?
1: You could have given me one of those other ones that I didn't already know prior. Thunder Gulch. Yes. <laughs> that one I got a preview on. Then,
0: obviously, as in the opening, the uh, Times Magazine main of the year was...
1: Uh, New Gingrich, yes. the mover and the shaker, the um, speaker of the house. Then Miss America was Heather Whitestone from Birmingham, Alabama. She, and she had something, an added trivia to her. What's that? She is, she is the first deaf Miss America. Oh, really? That's, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Or hard of hearing. I don't know if she's completely deaf, but she yeah she like for you know they always do like a talent i think she sang and signed the song that she was doing so that's that's cool
0: then miss usa i guess looked like it was a tie chelsea smith of texas and shanna molker of new york
1: Wow, I didn't know that. So that that second name you did, she was ma- she was on a reality show. She was married to the drummer from Blink One Eighty Two for a while. <laughs> so I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> then the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened in Cleveland, Ohio in nineteen
1: ninety-five. Nice. I'd like to go there.
0: Dolly, the clone sheep, was born on July fifth, nineteen ninety five, and only lived for seven years. Hmm.
1: hmm.
0: The X Games first broadcast on ESPN in 1995.
1: Who's your favorite X Games athlete? Degeneration X. <laughs> Daddy? Do you I'm like the saying, X Games?
2: I was going to say, no, I actually never watched the X Games for me. So. Oh, sorry. I don't there's a favorite athlete there.
1: Sorry, man. Uh, for me, Tony Hawk, I think. And Starbucks released their
0: Frappuccino in 1995.
1: Well, and keep that as far away as possible.
0: I want to ask you guys if you guys can remember some of the big movies of 1995.
1: Hmm, um, I, I'll I'll be years off on it. I don't know, Is Ventura? Maybe 90, that, maybe that's earlier. Okay, well, Daddy, do you have any ideas? I was gonna say,
2: for some reason, I was gonna say Titanic, but I think that came out in 97.
0: Okay, according to Box Office Mojo, I'll cut it off from <laughs> 10 to 1. Okay. Number 10, Die Hard with a Vengeance.
1: Oh, 95, huh? I would've called that earlier. Number nine, seven. Oh, okay. I'm way off on the years on this. I would have said that like 97.
0: Number eight, Casper. Ugh. Number seven, nine. <laughs> Actually, number seven was Jumanji. Oh, I
1: remember
0: watching that movie. Yeah, I watched that on TV a couple weeks ago. <laughs> number six. Golden Eye. Number five, Ace Ventura when nature calls.
1: All right, I got one. It should be Ace Ventura <laughs> when Jesse The Body calls. Off the Je- You know what? I don't want to see Jesse Ventura when nature calls. <laughs> I- it was that sounds like a hideous hidden camera into his bathroom, and I don't want to hear, watch, or hear that ever. <laughs>
0: You would question why he's on the grid when he's going oh, to the bathroom. Oh, I'm going,
1: going to the bathroom, Gorilla.
0: <laughs> number four is Pocahontas. Okay. Number three is Apollo 13. Sure. Number two
1: is Batman Forever. Oh, That movie is garbage. <laughs>
0: number, number one, Gorilla, is Toy Story. Ah, uh,
1: a classic. I still like Toy Story.
0: Let's see if you guys can. Do you have any ideas of what could be the 1995 most popular TV shows?
1: ER, probably the show that Friends, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Home Improvement. Daddy, do you have any ideas? Give us a few. Roseanne. I was gonna say. I was
2: gonna say probably like what Beverly was saying, like Friends, ER. Colman Trubin was big back then. I don't remember
0: if Fresh Prince was too long then, but... Okay, let me count down from 10 to 1. (laughs) Number 10 on the NBC channel, Fraser. Oh, sure, yeah, that was pretty popular. (laughs) Number 9 on NYPD Blue on the ABC channel. (laughs) (laughs) Nicholas Dutero! (laughs) Number 8 on the CBS channel, 60 Minutes.
1: 60 60 minutes stop it stop it that was the number 8 most popular show on TV give me a break that's a joke
0: don't question me Gorella question my sources
1: no way number
0: number 7 on the Fox channel Boston Common god I
1: don't remember what that was about Boston Common what the hell was that
0: number 6 home improvement on the ABC channel Nice, we got one. Number five on the NBC channel, The Single Guy.
1: No! Number six most popular. That was on for like one season. Oh, did did I skip number six? Number six. Oh, whatever. ABC's Home Improvement. Yeah, you said, yeah, sorry. That was number, no way.
0: The number five was The Single Guy on NBC. (laughs) Number four on the NBC channel, Caroline in the City. Number three, on the NBC channel, Friends. Number two, on the NBC channel, Seinfeld. And number one, on the NBC channel, ER, Jack.
1: All right. I still question Single Guy, but (laughs) I have to ask,
0: do you guys remember who the United States president was back in 1995? Yeah. Bill Clinton. And who was the Minnesota uh, governor in 1995? Arnie Carlson? Correct. And do you know what number of placement he was in our rankings of governors.
1: Oh, gosh, no. Mm-hmm.
0: I
2: was going to say, you know, I can't tell you either.
0: I was gonna say, Daddy Sunshine, you will be turning that that age next year.
2: What, 37? 37. Oh,
1: the main event. The main event is Daddy Sunshine's birthday next year. I love it.
0: <laughs> so, yes, uh,
1: <laughs> that's, uh, that was
0: the the pop culture of 1995. I hope you nice. guys enjoyed that. In to my Roku for WrestleMania 11, NFL Hall of Famer Lawrence Taylor faces Bam Bam Bigelow. Diesel defends the WWE title against Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and more.
1: That's what happened.
0: I did not realize Diesel defended the title against Shawn Michaels, Against Bret Hart and against yeah. more,
1: <laughs> yeah, awkward grammar. Yeah. This is Beverly Hills would not have been pleased when reading that. She's a big time grammar hammer. So, like I uh, noted at the top of the hour, we are
0: the we are at the Harvick Civic Center. Attendance is sixteen thousand three hundred five. So we might as well take a quick break. We can uh, stretch our legs, use the potty, and we'd we'll be right back here <laughs> on Main Event Status
1: Radio.
3: Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
2: This is Mister Beverly Hills, and I'm going to use you know the internet's dead, the internet's done. I'm using the phone, and I'm using this here podcast, Main Event Status Radio
1: to launch my career in phone broadcasting. I'm going to take this phone. The CMAs are here. The AMAs are here. Everybody's here, and they want to hear me sing. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Ain't I great?
0: And we're back here mid event status for you, Mister Beverly Hills did some dirty research in the hills. Mister Beverly Hills, give us your top ten TV shows in 1995.
1: Okay, so I found a different one. Here are my top ten TV shows. Number ten, Roseanne. Number nine, Friends. Eight, Murder She Wrote. Seven, NYPD Blue. Six, sixty minutes. Five, Monday Night Football. Four, Grace Under Fire. Three, Home Improvement. Two, ER. Number one, Seinfeld.
0: It makes me sick, Gorilla, that Frasier wasn't on the top ten list.
1: (laughs) You sure love Frasier.
0: Give me a break, Gorilla. (laughs) Give, Give you a break. Give me a break. So the show opens up. For over 50 years, the World Wrestling Federation has been the most dominant force <laughs> in sports entertainment.
1: Yeah, and then we got kind of a variation on it because we got like highlights from all of the WrestleManias prior to this. Yeah, with the cel- celebrities that
0: appeared each year. Mm-hmm. And then we see the celebrities that, who will appear tonight at WrestleMania 11.
1: Yes. And it was all set to my very favorite song. Then we uh, we get a
0: camera shot of inside the arena with the fans cheering, and we hear the classic WrestleMania theme song.
1: And a weird... And a weird... uh, I just was looking at the signs, and there was a sign for... um, for the million dollar team and it just says million dollar team and i'm like who brings a million dollar team sign if i remember correctly that sign said million
0: dollar sign team yes correct correct and sadly enough i noted there are some open uh, seats in the arena okay then we hear vince mcmahon in the ring and his mic didn't work right away <laughs> and he, and he, I did not catch Rip. who he welcomed Jeez. to Sin America the Beautiful. Did either one of you guys catch who he welcomed?
1: It's a, a special you know,
2: Olympian. Yeah, there was a special Olympian, but I didn't catch her name by any means. Well,
0: I know, I know you said a special Olympian, but I didn't catch her name either. And I felt no, good I bad didn't. for not catching her name. No, no.
1: Then Pyro went off over the. I ring. T- Oh, I took way too many notes on this America the Beautiful, so I just got to get them out. Okay, get them out. <laughs> okay, so I wrote that it was pretty good, better than a lot of what you hear at sporting events. Then while she was singing, I was looking behind her, and the guy behind her had a prodigious gut that he was like sticking out like right behind her. Um, I thought that things like this. Especially like if Fishbone dropped out or whatever, are really good like PR stuff for for the WWF. I think that there's, there's kind of cool. Um, just saying, she repeated the first verse twice instead of singing the second verse. Just saying. Uh, Will you give her a break or? I, I I know I know I really want to, but I'm just saying just saying just saying.
0: Why are you I such don't, a jerk, Beverly Hills?
1: I don't. hate I'm not hating. I I said it was good. What
0: if that and wonderful also, lady is listening to Event Status Radio 20 years later and she did, hears did a review real, of her sitting in America the Beautiful?
1: La- well, I'll talk right to her. I'll say, lady, I'm sorry they didn't say your name on screen. That's unfortunate. You did a great job. I'm sorry that you repeated the first verse. That's okay. Oh, and then also uh, my last note on the (laughs) second to last, in one of the – so they're showing like still frames of like wrestlers with special Olympians and they show this one picture where the bushwhackers are with a a guy and one of the bushwhackers is choking him (laughs) like straight up like double hands like on his neck and I'm like, this is not I think the kind of reception that we want you know, the wrestlers with the Special Olympians. Like, what ha- What happened with that? He's getting choked. The Bushwatchers don't believe I'm being a star. I guess. And then my final note was that she got a, a really, really nice standing ovation, and I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah,
0: power went off or, so over the ring when she was done, and she got she bows for the fans with, with yes. the fans' cheer,
1: which was yes. awesome. Yes, so I thought that was pretty darn cool.
0: Then we get the Vidman... And Jerry the Kent Lawler welcoming us to Wrestlemania 11. Yes. McMahon tells us that Wrestlemania is a standard bearer of sports entertainment.
1: And then Lawler goes, it's the greatest spectacle. That's Hollywood, Broadway, Super Bowl, and it's fit for royalty.
0: <laughs> oh, Lawler. <laughs> so we get the first match. The Blues Brothers with Uncle take taking on... The Allied Powers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wrote one of my favorite combo theme songs, The Allied Powers Are Here.
0: (laughs) Since I'm kind of a knack about this, I noticed the details that people really don't pay much attention to. What's your guys' thoughts on the entrance, entrance stage being angled, I guess the ramp being angled like it was at WrestleMania 11? Daddy, I'd go to you first.
2: I was going to say, I wasn't paying much attention to how the entrance and all that cool stuff was.
0: Okay, well, what about you, Beverly?
1: Um, I think that's a that's a uh, oh gosh, what am I trying to say? I think that's a tactic to increase uh, seats. Like, if you look at how many seats are taken by, um, the entrance ramp? Like when you guys go to shows, like to the ones that you've seen at the Target Center, yeah. how many are covered up by the uh, the stage versus how many would be covered up with this kind of little one that angles back to the locker room? It's a big difference. I so just,
0: yeah, cause I don't personally like the like the entrance stages like we see here at WrestleMania Eleven. Sure, but that's just me. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on Luger and the Bulldog having similar looking tights? Daddy, I go to you first. I
2: was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, I think it was like the first time or
0: second time the Bulldog team teaming up. Correct. Beverly, what about you? Oh, sorry, Daddy. Oh, not done. Sorry, Daddy. Continue. I was going to say, I
2: thought they did a the tight line They thought It was kind of cool that they matched.
1: I enjoyed it too. I would agree. I would agree. It's good that we have uh, the same colors in our flags. Yes. It I mean, might be awkward. It might be awkward to try to match like the cam, like a Cameroon person and an American person, or a Ghanaian flag with uh, a yeah.
0: Mexican flag.
1: No, those would be similar, wouldn't they? Isn't Ghana, Ghana red, Ghana, green, Ghana and yellow? Is r- red,
0: green, and yellow, and oh Mexico is what the.
1: One red, off, red, and green, and, and all white. That. Red, green, and white. Yeah. So they. So those would work pretty well. Yeah, a lot of African flags are that red, green, and yellow. Yes.
0: But, <laughs> but. But Beverly and will let you start on the on talked about the match.
1: All right, let's do it. So um, the Blues they rush into the powers. Um, at the beginning, and it sets up a lot of double team maneuvers, we get, um, as I described, double shitty power slams and, uh, double clotheslines, because those power slams, they were both bad. Like, Luger's especially, he, like, dropped them. They, like, ran into each other. They power slammed the Blues, like, onto their partners. Um, then we got a double back elbow, uh... The Blues tried to get up for a, tried to, ah, one of them tried to set up for a back body drop, but Bulldog just stopped, which is kind of an awkward, awkward reversal, hit a delayed uh, vertical suplex. Any notes by you guys up to this point?
0: Yeah, I know, I know the, the, uh, the Bulldog reversed a pos- uh, possible back body drop into a
1: steady vertical suplex. Right. And that looked good. Really, I think Bulldog was probably the best one in this match. Paws down. I agree with you on
2: that
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so after that, though, the Blues kind of gain the upper hand. They kind of take over on Bulldog. That's the going to be the guy who's playing face and peril on this match. Um, Bulldog does roll one of them up for a pin attempt, but the ref missed it. Uh, out know, of that, we got a. I noted that the
0: ahead. the that luger was distracting the referee reader in that moment. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Out of that, we got a uh, a single big boot and then a double big boot <laughs> by the Blue Brothers. Um, Bulldog is able to get kind of get back here with uh, with some punches and a and a kick. Here's our first switcheroo, uh, switcheroo into a big boot, an elbow, drop, and a two count. What's your guys' thoughts on the sw- on the switcheroo? Twin magic. <laughs>
2: Well, oh uh, that's what usually
1: were to do is twin magic. I think you guys should uh, try to pull switcheroos. I
0: am pretty sure that if Daddy and I would try to switch, uh, oh, go to work for one another, we probably would both get fired.
2: i I just say most likely.
1: See, I don't have a brother to pull any twin magic switcheroos on, so I just live vicariously through you guys. Maybe Beverly Hills. You and
0: I can switch jobs for a week and see how that how well that goes.
1: Yeah, they well, they definitely they. I'd get fired my first day if I tried to step in for you. I you probably they'd probably say this new Mister Beverly is better than the old Mister Beverly if you came and took my spot.
0: And the principal probably would would question, "Why is this new Mister Hills talking like he's Jesse Ventura, Daddy O?"
1: <laughs> why is this why is this Mr. Hills talking all kinds of time travel Sasquatch stuff I'm telling telling the kids
0: to just be off the grid Jack
1: yeah right you're doing lots of like paranoid NSA off the grid stuff yes Um, okay, so after that, um, the the one blue t- kind of took over on Bulldog, and I was noticing he was doing some really, really t- bad-looking kicks in the corner. He was stopping about three feet short of the Bulldog on those kicks in the corner. Um, let's see. I think, oh,
0: I think right around this oh, time I
1: noted that the Bulldog got body
0: slammed, and I felt horrible for the Bulldog because the bounce that he had – but horrible! I noted that his hips and feet seemed to bounce huge when he got body slammed.
1: Yes, that was my very next note, and here are my exact words: "Normal body slam, but he kind of slams the shit out of Bulldog." <laughs> that was exactly what happened. He, it was a straight up, just full body slam, but he, freaking threw him. And
0: I, I guess if Jesse Ventura was calling this act, calling that move. Toro would probably say something along the lines of Bulldog just got brought to the Dog Pound Gorilla.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was brought somewhere he didn't want to go. Um, but then we got a missed leg drop from the blue um, which which let Bulldog get to the corner. Uh, Luger came in. You know, yeah. real house of fire. I want to interrupt. I took down a line from McMahon. Alright, what did he say? Uh, Luger! With one of the twins, okay. So as it, he came it, in, it made me <laughs> laugh hearing <laughs> McMahon yellow and Luger the With "One of the twins!" One of the twins. That he always goes one of the blues. That's all. I I, th- I feel like that is why Vince just can't handle like giving them an actual push because he can't handle not knowing which one's which. He's know. the one that hired them. Yeah, I know. So when he came... Well, that's all they got. They're big and they look like each other. Outside of that, they don't really have a lot going for them. True. <laughs> so when Luger came in, he hit a high knee. He hit a power slam. Um, he hit his kind of... Oh, it was off the top rope. He's even a flying forearm, but that got broken up. Uh, then just everybody who's in the ring, Zeb got up on the apron. That led to another switcheroo. Um a blue had Luger set for the power bomb, but Bulldog came off the top with a sunset flip, and we got our win.
0: The winners
1: are the
0: Allied powers defeating Nazi Germany once again, Gorilla.
1: Oh my! Yeah, they they did say this was like the uh, invasion of Normandy. Yes, Daddy, <laughs> how do you rate
0: this match?
2: Me personally, I. You
0: know, not a bad match, but I rated an eighth of a star. Okay, one eighth of a star, Beverly. How do you rate this match?
1: Um, just when they're talking about the invasion of, of Normandy, a Canadian wrestler cried <laughs> and said, "What?" and said, "What about us?" Um, star and a quarter.
0: I rated this match somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had a tough time, staying interested in the match, yes. and I felt like the finish came out of nowhere and did nothing for me.
1: If if this wasn't the leadoff match, it probably would have been even lower. True, uh, yeah. Open, openers, openers get a lot of benefit of the doubt for me.
0: Yeah. I know for me, these two teams had no build on Raw, and it's been months it's between true. Luger and Bulldog teaming up. On Raw to WrestleMania, and I don't really know why they got teamed up together. Yeah. So the pyro went yeah. off when Luger and Bulldog posed on opposing uh, turbuckles. Good for them. You know? And the,
1: the McMahon sends it to Jim Ross. Yep. And yeah, Jar's doing like. He's doing. Oh, sorry. He's like. This whole show, he's doing like in aisle interviews with the losers.
0: <laughs> What's your thoughts on the headset JR was wearing? Like, there was. Like they're similar to like the headphones that you and I are wearing in Beverly Hills, but they're like the yeah. old school like Walkman headphones. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it looked like he was an
1: air traffic controller.
0: <laughs> so good old JR is with Zeb, and I can't make out what Zeb said. What or anything? Do you guys catch what Zeb said? I did. Okay. Uh, what did what did he what did he
1: uh, say? Uh, uh, um. <clears throat> oh. Well we may have gotten horde swaggered in the big city, but they haven't seen the last of Jacob and Eli Blue. We'll be back.
0: I hope so. Daddy, what's I'm your thoughts they on are, to
2: be honest with you?
0: Daddy, what's your thoughts on Uncle Zebaca? Well,
3: I was gonna
2: say, well, yeah, I remember, you know, Uncle Zebacaya's, you know, many different, you know, roles as managers we you all know, role, so I was gonna say it's kinda ironic he has a few different runs, you know up
0: the 10 times with WWF slash WWE. Mm-hmm. McMahon uh, said something about Pamela Anderson and we sent it to the NYPD blue dude
1: and his mic wasn't working thankfully. Oh, it was so weird because it's just like hey he's he's gonna be with Pamela Anderson then he wasn't the million dollar team were like walking around behind him then he hugged Jenny McCarthy and we couldn't hear anything. I I <laughs> I did know, yeah, like you said, the Million
0: Dollar Corporation was behind them, which I found very interesting.
1: I didn't understand, but I didn't get it. I didn't know what was happening. Same they same here. That's why I was intrigued. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe their microphone was off the grid. Um, clearly it was. <laughs> then Lawler explains something about the NFL and how it's like the post office.
1: Oh, God, yeah. That was rough. I, I thought maybe you wouldn't like it as a you know, as, as a shipper, as someone who moves things, because he said that football was like, because he goes, football, 11 men spend several hours trying to move a small object 100 yards, kind of like the post office. I go, oh God, that's rough.
0: I <laughs> like the post office gorilla. What I do it doesn't take 11 men just to move one box 100 yards, Jack. <laughs> we have a conveyor belt to move the boxes for us we outsmarted the post office
1: <laughs> and to uh, you know not to get too political but this is why the post office is having so much so many problems is because places like you guys and ups and fedex do move packages so much quicker than the post office that is true yes
3: yep. what can so you say?
1: That's why they're, you know, they, they're cutting post office hours. They're cutting all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, don't want to get too political. We got Double J here. Yes. The next
0: match is the, the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Championship match with champion Jeff Jarrett with his roadie, the roadie. <laughs> the roadie. Taking on Jeff Jarrett with his roadie, the 1-2-3 kid.
1: He's or, not taking on Jeff Jarrett. He is Jeff Jarrett. Or, He's it, taking on Razor Ramon. Can you say that? No, you said you said Jeff Jarrett's taking on Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Oops,
0: my bad. Jeff Jarrett take on Razor Ramon, and with Razor Ramon, and words of Lawrence Taylor,
1: a 13-year-old punk kid? Oh, God, that's right. W- what in the world, the universe, was 1, 2, 3 Kid Wearing? I dig it down.
0: What is the Kid Wearing? All in caps log is, is Kid Wearing. To me, I felt like he was wearing a Kung Fu (laughs) Thinababob. Daddy? I was going to say, I couldn't tell you what in the
2: world he was wearing, but it was one of those, you know, karate
0: Kung Fu type outfits. I was just going to say, it looked like a Jiu Jitsu Gi or something like that.
1: This is very, very silky. And it had a dragon on the back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, then, uh... Know, before yeah. we got to that point, Jeff Dirt made his way down the rain, and we saw some yes. clips from the Royal Rumble, how Jeff Dirt won the uh-huh. Intercontinental title, and if you guys are interested, if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, go back several several months, and you guys can hear Mr. Beverly Hills and I reviewing that Intercontinental title match from the Royal Rumble. The McMahon sends us backstage to Razor Ramon and the Kid, and the Kid said that Razor Ramon is in a bad mood, and he'll take care of the roadie the one two three kid will take care of the roadie then we got Razor Ramon and the kid and as typical on mini event status radio and on a road to WrestleMania 11 series I had to take note of Razor Ramon's attire
1: gold (laughs) on blue yep lots of blue Mr. Daddy Sunshine what's your
0: thoughts on the gold on blue Razor Ramon
2: I was gonna say I kind of thought they kind of went together a little bit, but I don't know one of the world's greatest or pairings that they had for him.
1: Mr. Now Billy I get Hills? to ask. Now I get to ask the question that I asked a couple of weeks ago, Daddy. Do you like on Razor the one big Razor on the trunks or the several little razors that we saw on this show? I was
2: gonna say, me personally, I think it looks better with just the one big one myself.
1: Good choice. I'm right with you. Awesome. My man. <laughs> and I
0: also noted,
1: obviously, as I usually do,
0: Jeff Jarrett's nipple cage attire. Oh, God. I didn't. You know what? I didn't. I didn't even notice. It looked like he was wearing a white slash silver and black nipple cage.
1: Okay. I didn't even look. I feel bad.
0: I don't blame you. Because to me, <laughs> I am happy that Razor and Jarrett... Do not wear same coloring. Okay. So well at least to me it bothers me if the opponents were wearing same colors.
1: Yes. Yep, no, I agree.
0: I would agree with you. So yeah, the match starts out pretty quick and the fans are into it, which I really like. Okay.
1: Yep. So kid like won't leave the ring he's He's in the ring for a long time, like they rang the bell he's like wandering around whatever um they went they shot off the pyro when Rose, razor was in there, so his nose was smoking, which I thought was funny he looked like a bull when it's like like snorting or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't the only thing he was snorting. that Oh day. my! Well, probably the kid. Uh, I bet he was drunk. I don't know. About
0: yeah, I'm not. That that's well, probably
1: why he he was
0: wearing what he that gee that he was wearing because he couldn't find his regular attire.
1: Lawrence, uh, Lawrence was probably snorting. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm almost sure of that. Which we'll get so, to later on in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So we start quick. Uh, Razoring is, you know, it really in control. He starts with two quick two counts and throws um, double J to the outside. Uh, double J jump got up on the ropes, tried a sunset flip, but he was thwarted. Um, Razor did get him up on the edge for the edge once, but Rhodey pulls him out through the middle, which I really love that spot. What do you guys think about that one?
0: I enjoy that, yeah, that we get some interference from the roadie. And I know, Beverly, you and I talked about this, I want to say maybe three or four regular episodes back when when Shawn Michaels fought the Bulldog on Raw with Sid outside the ring. And I'm, I do enjoy some outside interference from the bodyguard or the manager, the roadie, whatever the heel has. I do enjoy that. I f- didn't feel like the roadie... Really distracted from the match too much, with with his spots. No, I think it was just enough. Daddy, what's your thoughts?
2: I don't see. I think it was just you know just enough you know outside interference per se just to kind of you know make things a little interesting.
1: I could know. Um. So right after that, uh, Double J is going to try to leave, um, but one, two, three, Ninja. Uh, gets in the way and and stops him from doing that um so they get back in the ring and double j first chokes razor on the ropes and then rody chokes razor on the ropes and um but yeah he gets out and he hits <laughs> he hits Rhodey out of the buckle and he throws double j outside again uh <laughs> we got two drop kicks from a double J, but then he missed a, an Enziguri. Um They're kind of going back and forth. They both missed something. Next, um, yeah, I right,
0: right around this time, I noted in my notes that I felt like this match wasn't as good as the Rumble match that we reviewed.
1: Um, yeah, I'd agree with you.
0: Yeah, so just want to mention. No, I would
1: agree. I would agree. So yeah, the I raz- think their r- Rumble match was superior.
0: Yeah, the Razor hit the hit the fallaway slam and only got a two count. i don't
1: know if i'm up to that point yet okay we get we get this kind of sequence where um they go where they hit something and then they both go down they did that like three times razor did a back suplex and they were both down for a five count then double j did a drop kick and they were both down for a five count and they do like punches, and they're down for a five count. And then yeah, once they finally got both got back up, then Razor caught him for the for the slam.
0: Yeah, then uh, I think after that, Razor hit the what what according to McMahon a roundhouse right, which was like the circle. <laughs> Razor goes in a circle then pun- yeah. punches Jeff Jarrett.
1: <laughs> yeah. One two three kid is awkwardly going to pull double J's nuts into the (laughs) ring post for some reason, and I'm like, dude, he's you're messing him up right right now. Like he's got him in control. Razor missed the top rope bulldog, uh, which led to the double J figure four. Thoughts on the double J figure four? The crowd didn't seem too
0: interested in it. Okay, Daddy, what's your thoughts? So
2: yeah, the crowd definitely wasn't very into the whole uh, double J. Want to be figure four? <laughs> yeah, I, agree, I, so. I think it could have been excellent Beverly done by Rick Schultz, but yeah, Double
0: T did kind of a horrible job at it. I'd rather see Jackie Fargo slap on the figure four if you ask me, Gorilla.
2: You Ever seen
1: Jackie Fargo put on a figure four? No, I haven't, but still, Z- I do it! Oh, that was a good call from by me. Mm-hmm. Whatever Beverly oh, Hills, God. go back to the hills where
0: I can tell people to. <laughs> Be out the grid and say no to <laughs> right. the best
1: So, we, so we get a top rope suplex from a back suplex. Kind of hit his move. Razor's uh, top rope back suplex, but he's too hurt for the cover. Um, and as Razor then grabs him, puts a double J up for the Razor's Edge. Roadie comes in and clips his knee, very reminiscent of the Royal, Royal Rumble, Rumble, and and we get our DQ. So Razor Ramon wins via disqualification,
0: letting. Jeff Turret retain his Intercontinental Championship. Right, Daddy. Rave. What do you rate this match?
2: Me, I rated it a two and a half. So I mean, it could it could have been a heck of a lot better, but on the other hand, it could have been a heck of a lot worse too. Yeah.
0: Beverly, what, how do you rate this match?
1: I would I would agree a lot with your analysis there that uh, this we've seen a better one. And yeah, it could be be a lot better. But it was, yeah, it was one of those kind of unoffensive ones. I went two and a quarter. It was one of those ones where it was just kind of like, yeah, here it is. But when we think about WrestleMania, like, I wouldn't call this a WrestleMania match or WrestleMania-worthy match. Same
0: here. I only rated this match one star because for me it was hard to get into. Once, Once they slowed it down from the start, I totally lost interest, and nothing could have got me back into it.
1: Sure, sure. So after they called for the DQ, Kid came in, and he beat up everybody for a second, but then he gets put in the figure four. Such a failure, man. He fails in the nut shot. He fails in uh, clearing the ring. What the heck? So then we got lots of refs, including your favorite, long sleeve shirt Danny Davis. Yes. Oh Danny Davis the only one the only one again with long long sleeves and uh, they all they all work to to get double j off and when j, when double j gets up he has a bloody mustache <laughs> 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 like it's just it's just, the blood is like just in his mustache area which is funny
0: and because of that we might as we'll also take a quick break and all that we'll be right back here on Red Event Status Radio the following announcement has been paid
3: for by the New World Order.
1: in the back hanging in the green room hey Jennifer McCarthy how's it feel being around all these hunks
0: screw you necklace of toro oh man we are back here on Made event status radio I am the dirty dog Darcy he is Mr. Beverly Hills and on the telephone the Bannon is Daddy Sunshine what's happening Daddy uh, nothing much what's
2: happening with you guys
0: Oh, just another day. So, as you heard when we came back from commercial break, the NYPD blue dude was doing his thing, trying to get some words with Jenny, Jenny McCartney again. <laughs>
1: yeah, at least we can hear it this yes. time now.
0: And the million dollar corporation came around him. Then HBK came in and said that Pamela is excited to walk him walk <laughs> out with him as WWF champion. Yeah. Then six. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No oh, go no go ahead. Now this I just, Sid. My this next Sid note is, is out of control. Sid came in and screamed something about fear. Oh, okay, good. Now I can I can take over Diesel! Oh your fear! It's gonna make you puke. All oh, your dreams are gonna become nightmares.
0: Then <laughs> we get to our next match. Our WCCW favorite, King Kong Bundy, with the Million Dollar <laughs> Man Ted DiBiase, yeah. take on the Undertaker with Paul Bear. Yes, and I wanted to ask, how huge is that urn?
1: <laughs> it's still really big. I what is the so we saw it tonight? Is the big urn like the light? Like the flashlight urn, I I assume so. (laughs) Which, as you
0: noted, that's what we kind of saw later on in the match. Yeah, but yeah, we get some video footage from the Royal Rumble again. How IRS Neil Bear from behind and stole the urn, then Lawler put over that Bundy holds a record for the fastest victory in WrestleMania history, nine seconds at at WrestleMania one. Then we go to Todd, who's in the crowd with Neil Neil armed are neil anderson former chicago bear
1: yes neil anderson not astronaut neil armstrong yes i don't know in my notes i did have neil anderson
0: i don't know why i was supposed to say armstrong but yeah neil anderson former chicago bear and todd said that he always wanted to do this so they got in a three-point stance (laughs) it
1: was so weird this uh, this interview was super awkward because i felt like and you know I I just, it was my gut feeling that like Neil Anderson just bought a ticket and then he's like, Hey guys, it's me, Neil Anderson. And they're like, Oh, okay. We'll do an interview with you. Cause it was like, I don't know. Neil Anderson really wasn't ever that huge of a star. Yeah, he was. not So I I wouldn't know, but
0: yeah. Then Neil said something like, air will be in order, whatever. I didn't know this was Law and Order, Gorilla. <laughs> when the lights go out, the fans pop, we hear some thunder and the crackling, then we get The Undertaker. And I enjoy hearing the thunder and all that mixing with Undertaker's lot, theme song.
1: There's a lot of uh, thunder in this one, I noticed. Daddy, what's your thoughts on that? I
2: was going to say, uh, definitely an old school teacher for you with all the thunder and all that cool stuff.
3: Mr. Yeah.
0: Beverly Hills, did The Undertaker even have one match on Rod during
1: our series? I don't believe so.
0: Okay. Then uh, Larry Young is our special referee. And I think you and I talked about this before, Mr. Beverly Hills. And I feel bad for not remembering. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm sure you told me who Larry Young is. But who is Mr. Larry Young? He
1: He's a uh, Major League Baseball umpire. Okay. And... Uh, they they obviously they don't play it up much because they they probably would have if it would have been 2 months earlier because there was a major league baseball strike in 1994 that canceled the season but around this time they had resolved it so they are they already have him there so that's why you don't get much talk about him okay they're kind of just like oh yeah larry young's the ump like if it would have been SummerSlam, Survivor series there probably would have been a lot of talk about that when they were on strike. But, Daddy, do so you, I, oh sorry, go ahead. Daddy, go do you no,
0: remember no, anything? Okay. Daddy, do you remember anything of the baseball strike?
2: Yeah, uh, I remember that you know the, the whole Major League Baseball strike in '94. I can't remember what it was all about, but I remember the strike.
0: Do you remember anything about Larry Young? <laughs> not as a not
2: as umpire for baseball now.
0: Yeah, then we might as well get in the match. Oh, King Kumbody tried to attack the dead man from behind and squash him, and all that, and he had no luck.
1: Yeah, I do want to say one thing before I get going. Uh, Kings says that Paul Bear looks like "quote unquote" death warmed over in a waffle iron. What does that mean? What does it mean to look like death warmed over in a waffle iron? <laughs>
0: Uh, i can't i can't can't,
1: i can't answer that for you mr Beverly hills i'm sorry all right fair enough fair enough um yeah so like you said that that opening kick um or that opening deal uh culminated in a rope walk head slap and then (laughs) undertaker hit three clotheslines finally was able to uh take down bundy um He get he Undertaker gets knocked outside, and then I wrote like super anticlimactically. He just walked over to DiBiase, grabbed the urn, and gave it to Paul Bear. Uh Yes, I was like, really? This is the this is the next turn? Is he just like walks up, goes yoink, and gives it back?
0: (laughs) Yes, and that's why I noted that Bear Bear opened and uh, revealed that there was a flashlight in it, and the crowd cheered. Yes, yes. At that time, so DiBiase D- D- yeah. left, and we got a parent from coma. Yes. yes. Not coma, but coma. Yes.
1: And just as anticlimactically, he just, like, walks out and takes it from uh, Paul Bearer, and he just goes, I'm out of here. <laughs>
0: and, and I noted that right at, after when, when that happened, Taker was in the ring and yes. grabbed coma, is by, coma by the face. Yes. But to no luck, Coma ran off with the urn.
1: Yes. The Coma thing. Not super funny. <laughs>
0: I thought that funny. <laughs> Thank you, Michael McMichael. Yeah. Just... <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I guess that's getting daddy choked up. I guess. Daddy, are you okay? I'm
2: sorry about that. Okay, I'm, I'm, sorry Yeah, okay,
0: I'm happy you're still alive.
1: And, and as he's leaving... Like, during the match, as Kama is leaving, J.R. talks to him, and he wants to know what he's going to do with it. And Kama says that he's going to melt it down, turn it into a chain, and wear it around his neck. <laughs> it makes me laugh that we get
0: a uh, middle of the match, I'll, pr- I'll interview with Jim Ross
1: during the Undertaker's match. It's so, it's so weird. It's so <laughs> weird. And just to, like, think, you know, it's I guess it's 20 years, but how far have we came in uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like here he gets interrupted by just this like storyline thing of the stolen urn. Could you imagine? In, and then we get this like random interview, you know, now his match is treated with super reverence. It's always at the top of the card. It's so different than this. I am sad that at video 31, did I
0: get a run in? with Jim Ross running down the aisle with the Walkman headset on and asking to get a word with one of the scarecrows that oh Ray White
1: walked down with. I'd want him to talk to the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> talk to the tank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my star of WrestleMania 31. So yeah, we might as well get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So at that point, Bundy's working on uh, Undertaker in the corner choking him. Um Bundy did, did a slam and a knee drop and worked a chin lock for a while. And uh, as Undertaker gets out of the chin lock, uh, Bundy avalanches him in the corner, but Undertaker, Undertaker's up. <laughs> <laughs> he, ta- he takes up. <laughs> yes. And he hits a body slam and then a super random just like flying clothesline for the three. Yes.
0: So the winner... Is the Undertaker, and the streak continues, yes. Daddy. I'll see the streak still continues. What's your rating on this match?
2: I give it a star and a half, but I mean this is one of the worst take your matches if you ever ask me. Definitely yes. got a lot better over the next twenty years.
1: Yes. Beverly, what's your rating? I agree. With, I again agree with everything you said. I went quarter star. Um, I thought. What for me? What really hurt it was the finish. It just was, um, it was out of nowhere and not in a good way. Just kind of he randomly, he was getting worked on and he hit, a, just a body slam and a clothesline and we're done. So I thought that was kind of weird. And then we had you know just the whole kind of earn garbage for most of the match. So yeah, you what's know, I, your what's read, your opinion there? I rated this
0: match higher, but. After finally reviewing it, and I agree with you, Mr. Beverly Hills, I had to give this a four-star, that it was a boring match. The Undertaker's job, do to Jim Ross and his, his <laughs> locked and headset <laughs> yeah. and coma's gold chain and all that. I guess the earnings go into a coma itself. Yes. I guess I wasn't interested on seeing more of The Undertaker versus the Million Dollar Corporation crap because we will not – See oh, uh, no. Undertaker for Ted DiBiase payoff match.
1: So yeah, this, what's the point of c- well, continuing this feud? I know I was really disappointed. I mean, I was disappointed when we continued from IRS at Rumble into Bundy now, and I'm even more more disappointed that we're going to continue. On to, comma, I, yeah, not pleased Because if I
0: remember correctly, SummerSlam before, or year before, so SummerSlam 1994, sure. Undertaker was written off a of TV front at the Royal Rumble 94, I right guess Yokozuna in a casket match, then Undertaker right. came back at 94, SummerSlam 94, and, and fought the Undertaker who the Million Dollar <laughs> Man brought in as his, quote-unquote, Undertaker, so I guess you can say the Million Dollar Corporation versus Undertaker feud started at... SummerSlam 94, and I felt like WrestleMania would have been a great way to finish the feud. Yes. But I'll also, that didn't didn't happen.
1: I know. I just, I don't know. I don't, Undertaker just doesn't work as well with these guys. And it's just the motivation just being the urn. It's okay for one leg of this feud. I don't like that. All we're doing is we're just kind of passing it off. Like, IRS took it, say it's repossessed, and then Bundy took it, and now Kama took it. Like, I don't like that we're just like, okay, now you're the one he's going to feud with it for, you know, over it, so.
0: Then we go backstage with Nicholas Totoro, the NYPD blue dude again. (laughs) Yeah. And he's outside of Pamela Anderson's locker room. I guess her and have been fighting throughout the night and whatnot. (laughs) <laughs>
1: that, yep. then my personal so she's favorite, distraught so she left my personal fa-
0: my personal favorite steve Mongo mcmichael showed up and he told, yep. told that uh that um that the dude that he can oh that told nicholas Tutori that he can find her on his own yeah and, and that Mongo was looking for a coma
1: and which to me no he said he did not say coma Coma. He, he only said comma that one time. He goes, "I'm looking for this comma character." <laughs> so, yeah, Mongo
0: looking for a comma, and to me, like he was just outside, out in the in the arena, so it's not yeah. shouldn't be that hard to find him.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree.
0: Then, <laughs> then, uh, then, yeah, then they're looking for King Kong Bundy, who was just yep, in the red as well, so yep. it should be that yeah. hard. Should
1: Reg, be that hard Reggie to White. find that Easter nice egg. Reggie White wanted King Kong Bundy. Yes. Carl yeah. Banks wants Nikolai Volkoff, and I yes. said, way to take the easy one, Nikolai Volkov." <laughs> or Carl Banks, I should say. Then uh, Nikolai, th- Nikolai, f- f- the NYPD blue
0: dude I'm all working yeah. out. walked into a random room and found Mr. Okay. Bob Backlund and our favorite Jonathan Taylor Thomas playing chess. Yes. Mr. Yes. Backlund yells at people for having their cameras all the time. And, yeah. <laughs> and a highlight was Mr. Backlund yells out, who is Pamela Anderson?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jt one Jtt one t- chess. So Backlund yelled some more. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And he he threw some trivia at him, just like we did in the opening. He said, "Who's the thirty fourth president?" And Jtt goes, "Dwight D Eisenhower." And <laughs> he goes, "What's the capital of Honduras?" He goes, "Tegucigalpa." And he goes, who's the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court? And he goes, William Rehnquist. I would have gotten one of those right. I would have gotten Chief Justice of the Supreme Court right. And he goes, that's what's wrong with the world. They think they know it all.
0: <laughs> Which always makes, always makes me laugh. And I know earlier, I know with the next match that we will be going into the tag team title match, earlier in the series, we saw the raw debut of Mantar with his manager, Jim Cornette. Correct. During the last break, I was talking with Mister Beverly Hills how Jim Cornette has his own podcasted Jim Cornette experience over at MLW Radio, yeah. and how you know you can do a you know pay for a subscription with with them fifteen dollars a year, and Jim Cornette does a second podcast where he takes listeners e- emails and do a Q and A and all that, and a few weeks ago, it was probably more than a few weeks ago probably a month or two ago I when we saw Jim Cornette managing mantar i emailed jim cornett and i finally listened to the q a uh A podcast where he answered that email how um, okay how i asked jim Cornette about but about why was he paired with mantar and Cornette just laughed it off saying that it was a rib played on him oh really yeah
1: that's interesting so that
0: that made me laugh like i I don't. I remember us asking about that. I called and talked to Mike Sempervivi and Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer alive and Mike said that he will look into it, and he never got. I assume he never got around to it because they never answered it. So I'm like, okay. I might as well just,
1: you know, if I had this... Go to the horse's mouth. Go,
0: yeah, I might as well go to Jim Crennett himself and send him an email, ask him about that, and yeah, it made me laugh that Jim Crennett just laughed, laughed it off, and yeah, it was a rib plate on him, and he said that, if I remember correctly, that... He wasn't really doing much on TV role during that time anyway, so they just threw him on TV just to manage somebody, which I felt like plays well into him coming back at WrestleMania 11. Okay. At okay. least in respect to the on-air managing role. Sure, man.
1: sure. Huh, okay. Interesting.
0: So well, that's I, a good question. So, yeah, I just thought I'll – do some dirty research in the hills and yeah like i said i I'll also just go to the horse's mouth himself and ask jim Cornette, you know that question so
1: well that's too bad because i mean i yeah that's unfortunate because i liked the mantar the wrestler i thought he i, I mean he's not necessarily like a world champion guy but he could have done something and uh, just to put him in kind of the joke thing is uh unfortunate Daddy Sunshine, do you have any memories of Jim Cornette as a manager
0: or man as the wrestler? I
2: was going to say, I remember the the Man-Tire wrestler guy vaguely, but I mean, it's it's not bad. It's very vaguely, so nothing special.
0: But what is special is us taking our next break. We'll be back. After this break, to talk about the WWF Tag Team Championship match between Owen Hart and his mystery partner against the Smoking Guns, the champions. We'll be right back here on Main Event Status Radio.
3: Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
2: Mother.
0: Sunshine! How oh, dare you violate one of my birthday takers' positions! The podcast! How do you do that, you yes. ask? turned turning off the router last weekend! With every birth certificate comes a death certificate, and yours will be signed at WrestleMania 11!
1: Daddy Sunshine! The power that you hold in that router draws you ever closer to your final demise. At WrestleMania, you come to face, to face with your reaper. I will fill the router with the soul of Daddy Sunshine and Mother.
0: We're back here on mid Event Status Radio. We were able to get away from Mr. Backland before he put all three of us in a crossfaced chicken. <laughs> I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Beverly Hills. And as always, well, for this podcast, on the telephone is Daddy Sunshine. What's happening, Daddy? Oh,
2: uh, nothing much. Not just enjoying the weather.
0: <laughs> How are you joining the weather, Mr. Beverly Hills?
1: Oh, very good, very good. In that in that minute we were away, uh, yes. okay. got a lot done. <laughs> Had some fun in that minute that we were away today. Yes, that minute flew by rather quickly, <laughs> or a drug, if you will. It almost seems like it was a day long. It doesn't matter since this is the
0: podcast and we are we are recording. So what next? is the WWF Tag Team Championship match between the Smoking Guns, the champions, against Owen Hart and his mystery partner. Yes. So at the start, Owen Hart came out by himself, and the uh-huh. king and the king claims he knows who his partner is, but doesn't yep. name him.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And Owen grabbed a mic and told us that his partner beat Bret Hart for the WWF title, and his partner is the one and the only Hulk Hogan. don't. No.
1: Don't. We're Who playing. was his partner, Beverly? <laughs> oh, no, it's Yokozuna, looking large and in charge. McMahon seems
0: shocked that he was Yokozuna as Owen Hart's partner. And I have
1: to Which admit... It really shouldn't be. I don't know.
0: I, to me, it was nice seeing Cornette and Fuji back on screen together.
1: Right on. Yeah.
0: Since I don't I don't think we've, have we... Have you seen them yet on this series, Beverly? Um,
1: Fuji? or Cornette. No. Well, Cornette, we saw him uh, with, Be- yeah. with the Beverly Bodies. Yeah, the Beverly Bodies. Yeah, and uh, Mantar.
0: Yes. Daddy, do you have any memories of Mr. Fuji and or Jim Cornette? Um, honestly, no, not
2: really, except for when they were, you know, doing their little thing with the other one, ones.
0: Okay, so... And Mantar and
2: everybody else.
0: So it's been a while, then. Yeah. <laughs> Then after Yokozuna was announced and came down to the ring in his slow fashion, we go backstage with the smoking guns, and McMahon asked them about Yokozuna. Billy said that this was a big surprise, yet they will still walk out as the tag team champions. And Bart said that they didn't expect it to be Yokozuna, but still he knows the smoking funds can beat the challengers.
1: Is that what you autocorrected okay, to do, the smoking funds?
0: No, I just thought about oh, that. Since I remember,
1: like, remember we were reviewing a couple of smoking guns oh, matches, the, the that's sm- what I wanted to type out. The smoking funds, that would be Billy Gunn and IRS. Yes. <laughs> I already said the joking guns, that would be <laughs> one of the guns and Doink, right? So it would be Billy and Doink. Yeah, billion and Doink. Yeah. The, the coking guns, that would be <laughs> Lawrence Taylor and Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, to me, to me, it's like the fans
0: didn't care too much about the Smoking Guns when their theme song hit.
1: No, I would agree. That's a good point. They uh, did not get a reaction. Not really at all. Because I, I know one of the last times we saw the Smoking Guns on,
0: at least, uh, uh, well, I can remember when we saw them on the series was when they defeated Bob Holly and the 1-2-3 Kid for the Tag titles after the Rumble, then... They fought him the week after, and it seemed like the Smoking Guns were starting to turn heels. The last time we saw them,
1: yeah, we were kind of. It seemed like we were kind of on that road. Yeah, and I know uh, Lawler also
0: mentioned that, at least what I was able to catch that supposedly five years ago to the day, which to me doesn't make. Well, I guess be nineteen ninety. That five years to the five years to the day, Owen Hart debuted in the WWF as the Blue Blazer.
1: Yep, that's what he threw out there. Which- I guess. I can't. I
0: can't say no. I don't know. I guess I didn't do any dirty little research in the hills when we're on <laughs> break about that. Then I uh, right away Yoko grabbed the Japanese flag and waved it around, and the fans booed him. And McMahon put over that Yoko was bigger than the last time we saw him, just as you mentioned, Beverly. He was huge. <laughs> what, was he what <laughs> six hundred pounds at this time? He's got to be above it. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Sad seeing Yoko being larger than the last time he was on T V since he was one probably one of the better large men that the WWF had in the mid nineties.
1: Oh yeah. The largest, right? Yeah. Daddy, do you have any memories of Yokozuna? I
2: was gonna say yeah, right when you know Yoko was waiting to play I wrote down that yeah, it's got how big the guy is. He's definitely one of the bigger agile uh, big men for back in the mid nineties.
1: I'd agree, with, I'd agree with you on that one, Daddy. You could, Even though he's, you know, bigger than I really ever remember him as, he's still moving. And he, the one thing I noticed is that he can really get up off the mat quick, which I wouldn't have expected, which is one of those reasons why usually with these huge, big, fat guys is that they never get knocked down. But he was getting knocked down. He was jumping up, you know, just as quick. So I was impressed by that.
0: And then – it's no surprise Owen and Billy started out the
1: match. Yeah, yep, yep, yo. yo, Yeah, you mentioned Yoko waved the flag and got everybody uh, heat, all heated up. It looked like he was gonna hit one of the guns with her. <laughs> he like he like ran over, and I was like, "Oh man, we're gonna start out hot here." And then he just started waving it. <laughs> so oh, like, oh, Yoko. Little, little, not you know what I expected, but I liked it. I liked it. Um, yeah, so you're right. Billy and Owen started off and they're going, um, going back and forth, dodging and ducking all their moves that culminated with a Billy slap <laughs> to Owen, and then, um, he got kind of Owen and kind of an arm bar. And then brought, brought. <laughs> yeah. Whoops! Bart jumped off the ropes and like hit him with his crotch. Like <laughs> that's uh, awkward. Like on Owen's arm. I don't know how to even say that, but that's like what he did. A Flying crotch maneuver. Yeah, he got him in the the short arm scissor, as one dirty dog would say. And then Bart came, or brought, as I said, came off the rope with a flying penis to him. <laughs> <laughs> Owen was able to to tag in the big guy, and he came in and he hit a huge slam. Yeah, because I, I don't know
0: if you guys noted, but I noticed when Yoko got tagged in, you could hear uh, ooh, yeah. the crowd. You kind of like they were interested in seeing Yoko back in the ring, a little bit bigger than he last, last ones. Yeah, yeah last and, was.
1: Yeah, and you know he still has uh, he still has a lot of cachet. With that crowd, they're they're still really into him. And you, I think just with with any of these big guys, that's the one thing they always have,
0: you yeah, know, just like, to see what how, what they yeah. would do when they're in the ring.
1: Yeah, you you know, huge guys, and this is you know one of those reasons why it seems like I think Vince always likes those big guys is that they always have that. You can't take away the fact that they're gigantic you know, tall or fat or whatever.
0: Yeah, because it always seemed like, at least for me as a fan, I've always been interested in seeing, like, a tall guy, like somebody, <laughs> t- like I guess, like, the big show or taller right. than the big show or a f- big guy like Yoke or bigger. It's yeah. always I'm always interested in seeing somebody large or tall get in the ring and see what they could do and how they can hold themselves up against somebody of average size like all three right. of us or... Somebody, you know, I guess an average size for professional wrestling, that's like six four, six five.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and especially then when you do see them and they're like how Daddy described, they're agile, they're good movers, that's even better. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, after that big slam, he missed a big elbow drop and he kind of got out of there quick. <laughs> um, uh, Owen came in and he took two two quick arm drags from Bart Um the guns hit a double drop kick onto Yoko to the outside. Uh, Yoko just seemed like, it, you know, he'd been away a while. He was not in good shape. Yeah, he uh, seemed pretty wounded rather fast. fast. He was, uh, you know, even though, like, at the beginning, like I said, he was moving and grooving pretty quick, but, man, he pooped out. Rather quick, pooped too. Out. Yeah. Like, he w- when he got kicked to the outside or... Maybe it was a little later. He was just like laying on the ropes,
0: kind of, kind of like Andre the Giant was towards yeah. the last
1: few years of his life, right? Just trying his best to get his air back.
0: Yeah, because I know uh, uh, after the drop kick, double drop kick to Yoko and R- spill out of the ring. I noted that the smoking guns hit a three D esque uh, move via backdrop to <laughs> Owen, and it seemed like the yeah. crowd seemed like the crowd popped for that, which can't blame him because I always enjoy seeing the. Like the back body drop into like the
1: 3D maneuver. Yeah, where did I put that one? Yeah, did, did, yeah. Did you also note that? Yeah, that was the first. Oh yeah, yeah. Bart lifts Owen up. Billy cutters him. Exactly. That was that's what I was talking about too. Yeah, and then right after that, they did another cool double team where Bart put Owen into like a side slam, and then Billy came off the second rope with an elbow drop. That looked pretty cool. And that yeah, they were you know they were good at those double team moves. The guns were, they were they were a good tag team. I liked them. It's just their their characters never really moved on. Yeah, then then just the rodeo characters. Well, yeah, then well, once, that's what they were. But yeah, what oh rodeo characters? Yeah. I thought you were referring to the roadie, How he would become the yeah. rodeo. Yeah, and, and like when you think about it, like they needed. Uh, a charisma injection, and probably the person who maybe doesn't have the best wrestling ability, but who's one of the hugest personalities yeah. in history is the road dog, right? So he kind of took them, you know, took Billy to another level there. Yeah. But um, okay. So kind of back to the match here. We got a big leg drop from Yoko, and this is when I think Vince was talking about the size of Yoko's thighs. <laughs> Which are enormous. Oh. His thighs, are, I think, like as big as like my waist, <laughs> and I'm not—I'm no skinny cat. So, but I was like looking at. I was like, "Oh my gosh, look at that leg, well,
0: Beverly." I didn't stop you there. You said you're no skinny cat. Would it it'd right. be more apropos that you're no skinny hill? <laughs> you're no small <laughs> yeah. mode.
1: Dep- yeah, depending on who you ask, <laughs> me, it might be the size of a hill. But <laughs> you know. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like a St. Bernard
0: dog, so it's all right. <laughs> the
1: dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we got kind of a slow slow section starting here. Owen rammed Billy into the ring post, and then he started to work on him, first with a chin lock, then just like the laziest of rest holds, the nerve hold. Yeah, I, after,
0: I did right when Yoko had a nerve pinch or nerve hold on Billy, and Owen caps lock,
1: another rest hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nerve holds are the lamest because all you do is he just takes his hand and just like puts it on his shoulder oh this reminds me I don't know if you guys probably never watched this show probably about 10 years ago it was on ESPN Classic called Cheap Seats so it's two comedians who like watched old sports and just made jokes about them and one of the things they watched was an old wrestling show from like 1985 or something and a guy was doing a nerve hold and they're like looks like he's giving him a massage like I think, I think he should pay for that kind of service, and that's exactly like what Yoko is doing. Like he just has his arm on his like neck, and he's just kind of like moving it back and forth.
0: <laughs> that's probably why Yoko was gone for six months to nine, six to nine months. He's probably taking time off, where he can uh, go to school to be a mas- masseuse.
1: <laughs> yes, go to go to massage school. Oh man, that would be the greatest class ever if it was just like this lineup of, I mean, stereotypically just like a stere- just like a lineup of like women, and then you have this giant Yokozuna. I get the end. I'm here to learn to be a masseuse. I'm yeah. thinking about life after the ring. Mr. Fuji and Jim could not be there to uh, translate for him. Yes, yes exactly! <laughs> <laughs> That would be great. Just stand bonsai when they ask him, like, (laughs) the answers to the test. And the cornet's like, don't ask Yoko the question. He knows what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Ask me the questions. (laughs) Yep, exactly. I'm the American representative. (laughs) So uh, Owen tried, after that nerve hold, Owen tried to do a flying drop kick, but he got Yoko on accident, um, which led to Billy being able to get out of the ring. Get a hot tag into Bart, who did a press slam on Owen. Hey, he could run a pr- press slam, daddy-o. Run a press slam, and he pulled Yoko down by the hair. Billy then came running in. I think, what, did Bart get knocked? knocked outside at some point here. I didn't
0: catch. I just noted, like you said, Bart pulled Yoko's hair to the mat, then tagged in Billy.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, yeah, yeah. so But Billy ran into a cool-looking belly-to-belly from Yoko. Then um a bonsai drop, but Bart break, broke that one up. Then, oh, here's where it comes. Yeah. Yoko dumped Bart outside. Owen came in. This is on a, kind of an awkward finish. Owen came in. He was going to slap on like, a
0: sharpshooter, then just decided to just go for the pin since it's over anyway.
1: Yeah, which... I guess there's like the kind of added element of like realism where, yeah, this guy's dead. I don't need to. (laughs) I don't need to do anything else. Might as well just pin him. I guess, but it's not as theatrical. It doesn't flow as well, I guess, as I want in my wrestling match. But alas, so we get new tag team champions of the
0: world wrestling federation: Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Daddy, what do you rate this match?
2: I mean, I rate it with zero stars. I mean, it wasn't really impressive except when, like, Beverly was mincing about how fast, you know, Yoko got tired out, so I didn't rate it anything.
0: Understandable. Beverly, how do you rate this match?
1: Fair enough. I will not to say that to each his own, I guess I can say. I went uh, two and a half on this one. I thought it was fine. It was, you know, right in the middle, the average yeah. rating. But for if you if you're it's if it's not your cup of tea and you didn't, and if you noticed more that Yoko just was a corpse by the end of the match, like I can see going dot on it too. I rated this match two stars just
0: for the finish for, you know, the awesome Billy to Billy soup play yeah. that Yoko gave Billy, and how the seemed like the fans pop when Yoko set up the bonsai drop and. Yeah, like you said, for the finish, Beverly Hall, Owen was going to go for the sharpshooter, then he re- realized, you know, Billy is done, so yeah. no pun to put him in the sharpshooter, then just pinned him. Right. Then right. Yeah, then Owen grabbed the belts and was jumping up and down super excited yeah. to win the belts. Yeah. And Well, for him and Owen, or him and Yoko to win the titles, even though Yoko is pretty much the one that finished it.
1: Here's where I noticed that. Yoko wasn't joining in the celebration because he was literally doubled over on the ropes. Like he he had his chest and his arms over the top rope, but he was like laying his head on him. He was D-
0: during during that time, yeah, we see a replay of the bonsai drop, and I never ever want to be the one to receive that maneuver. Ouch. Yeah, I'm sure they replay that bonsai drop because they noted how spent Yolka was to let him give take a little bit more, a couple extra seconds to catch his breath on the ropes.
1: Sure. Yeah, you're
0: probably right. Then we saw a blimp flying around and on Steam song. <laughs> and it it's was the was, blimp. Yeah, it was, play, was playing. Then we go backstage with Bam Bam Bigelow and Todd Pentangal. Then the Todd uh, sent us through the, some old Rumble footage and showed how Bam Bam pushed LT down and all that fun stuff. Right. Then uh, Bam Bam said that LT disrespected him, and Bam okay. Bam doesn't even let that happen. Bam Bam said <laughs> he's he's ready to rumble and take LT down. Yeah, Bam Bam isn't worried about having any fans. He won't lose. He, he won't lose to LT. And he'll teach LT a lesson. Bam Bam, <laughs> Bam said this is his world, and LT is nothing but a flash in, flash in the pan. I,
1: yeah. When he said that he wasn't going to be known as the person who lost to Lawrence Taylor, I just wrote, Oh <laughs> yeah. And all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, then they cut to the crowd and there's this guy who has this really long sign it looks like it's like a bunch of just like printer paper sheets like taped together so i i paused my ipad to see what it was on there and it was like this long like manifesto about how the yukon women's basketball team was like the best it said like yukon women's basketball and it's all in pen right it's not even like that's this real smart card. and then it's like gino rm huskies number one two world two national champions I'm like, what did this guy bring this sign to a wrestling event to talk about the yukon women's basketball team it's so strange
0: yes which,
1: that's
0: it i did not even pay attention to the sign but that's just hilarious that yeah, he wrote that down in pen, and people won't be able to see it. It's <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. And our next matchup is the I Quit match with Bob Backlund against Bret Hartwith. our special guest referee, the Hot Rod Rowdy yeah. Ronda Rousey. Ooh, I mean Roddy Piper.
1: I wish that to him. <laughs> Same here. The fans, like nine year old Ronda Rousey.
0: Yes. The fans popped uh, popped for when Hot Rod was announced as a special yes. referee, and and Lawler was pissed off that Piper was a referee. And, uh, Daddy, do you have any thoughts and memories of Rowdy Rowdy Piper? Well, they'll say, now we're talking about the Hot Rod.
2: They'll also say, oh, God, I got you all know, figure, what, 30. 30- well, let's just say thirty years of memories of him, you know, with this feud with Hogan and you know, WWF and the you know, the other companies and yeah, say hot rod I always, you know, could make a crowd pop if you wanted to.
0: Daddy, did you ever watch the movie They Live with Roddy Piper? No. I think the three of us might need to do a special cast just to review They Live For I can talk about all those conspiracies, Jack.
1: They Live is an awesome movie. I once, I used when I was substitute taught. um, This one guy did. What is he even teaching? Like media literacy or something? And he played They Live. (laughs) So I watched. So I watched They Live when I was subbing. It was freaking awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then it always makes me smile to hear that Bob Backlund gets announced from Princeton, Minnesota. Right. It also makes me smile to hear Bob Backlund's theme song, which is nothing <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Daddy, do you have any memories of Bob Backlund? Uh,
2: not very many, no.
0: Because yeah, Bob was before your time watching wrestling, wasn't he? I
2: was going say actually, yeah, he was. He was mainly in the seventies, early eighties. So I was gonna say, yeah, for me, I don't got very many, very many. Memories of,
1: you know,
2: watching him wrestle.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah, the fans seem to pop when Brett's theme song hit and all that, and he come uh, strutting down to the rim. Daddy, <laughs> do you have any thoughts of Bret Hart? Are we talking
2: WWF or
0: WCW? Well, any well, any, any memories and thoughts that you have of Bret Hart altogether? I mean, altogether, I mean, in the, let's say the early
2: to the mid-'90s, I thought he was, you know, Good a decent wrestler, but after the whole, you know, quote unquote Montreal screw job, I kinda of think his career kinda of went downhill.
1: Oh, I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah, because
1: <laughs> one know, of the biggest w- ones that uh that WCW misused was, was Bret Hart, definitely. Yeah, they misbooked him to the to the gills and all that. And
0: yeah, they had well, a Hakimati the- in Bret Hart. After the Montreal screw job and dropped it like it's hot, which I guess he was hot at the time, but yeah, he <laughs> dropped him right away, and which was sad. But yeah, yep. uh yeah, the yeah fans were excited to see Bret Hart, and I know Beverly, you and I talked about this two weeks ago for the Go Home edition of Raw. I'm not really, I wasn't really that excited for this match.
1: Yeah, well, they didn't make you up uh, excited for it. So yeah, I can't I can't blame you. It was their fault, not yours.
0: So yeah, so obviously the match is an I quit match that 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 Piper had a a house mic with him and he always had to say, "What do you say?" and shove the mic in the whoever's yeah. uh, face to they had to say they had to say I quit.
1: Yeah, and that was a really annoying uh, aspect to the um to the match. I. I don't, you know, I like that now I quit matches are just, you can, you know, they're picked up by the regular mics, like they don't have this aspect where they're following around with with, uh, a wired, a corded uh, house mic too, so that even adds to the awkwardness that it has to be close enough where they can get to it with the cord.
0: Yeah, because I know, uh, look at my notes, I noted that when Brett was walking down to the ring, Backlid and Piper were... Talking in the corner, and I was wondering what they were talking about. Sure, maybe oh, sure. maybe Bob Backlund's maybe Bob Backlund's individualism. <laughs> maybe, some, a- maybe some maybe some nineteen ninety five conspiracies on how the NSA is tracking us down with our cordless phones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe
0: all right. Maybe, maybe some conspiracies
1: about the World Wide web. We're gonna jump in here. Okay, so Roddy. First off, he had a shirt that on the back was a picture of Taz, the not the wrestler, the cartoon, with dressed as Roddy 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 Piper, and I said that is so 1995. Like there were so many shirts with like Taz or Bugs Bugs Bunny, like dressed as other things, and I'm sure Daddy can back me up on that one. Do you remember the Taz shirts? Oh, I was gonna say yeah. I was gonna say like you're saying that, you know, it's just,
0: it's just like you're saying. It's all 1995 with their shirt. It's like we came a long way since then. <laughs> yes, we have. We totally have. I agree. Well, Beverly, I'm happy you can't see my shirt. How i my shirt says Granny's gained F4W, but the back has a character
1: of Taz on it. Oh my god! If you had a <laughs> shirt with Taz the cartoon dressed like Granny, that. <laughs> I guess I can email Brian Alvarez after this show
0: and say that has to happen.
1: Million seller. Million seller right there. So right out quick here, we got Brett jumping on Backlund, throwing him into the turnbuckle, tries a quick sharps to shooter, but he's he's thrown off. Um, Roddy Roddy asks Bob if he quits, and he goes,
2: no. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah because uh, i did right uh, right yeah um, piper asked the mic like, what do you say and he always times to bring the mic up to no. whoever and yeah just after the first few times i was over piper I, I can't keep on yelling out what do you say it's,
1: it's true it's true so um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i want to yell
0: out i quit
1: <laughs> yeah. so um Brett got Bob into another sharpshooter, but Bob threw him off. But he quickly transitioned into a figure four, which kinda looked cool. Which was um, nice. Um Yep. And Bob still said no to that one. Um Bob reversed it, but Brett got off uh what do you say? Yeah, Brett Yeah, and he said no. <laughs> um Hart started working kind of a knee lock dealy. You're like a grapevine kind of thing. Yeah. Right. But Bob got out of that. Um, Bob tried to set up the chicken wing. He got him into a standing arm bar, then into a hammer lock, but he wasn't able to hook the wing. Um, Brett said, hell no. Ooh. I know, right? To an arm bar. <laughs> then he hit a backbreaker, a knee drop, got Bob into the sharpshooter. And one of my favorite parts here was when Bob kind of spun out of it. I don't even know how to describe. It. All I just wrote is that he spun out of it. Uh, but it, it looked pretty cool, and he got to the ropes um, that way.
0: I know. Uh, uh, during this time, I noted that, like the fans, really de- the fans in the arena really didn't care about this match.
1: Yeah, you know this match.
0: Was this match seem more of a, a, I guess, a submission hold exposition, more or less than a uh, typical professional wrestling match?
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, th- I think they've come a long way with the I quit matches where um, you know, the point is less to get them in a hold and more just to beat them down and bash them to the point where they'll just want to quit. Whereas here it looked like, you know, you were going to get them to say I quit by putting them in a hold. So we got, a very kind of disjointed match because all we're doing is, like you said, just kind of going from submission hold to submission hold. And um, that le- that really kind of breaks the flow of of a match. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, yeah, because so, well, for me, yeah. it was hard to get into this match because, yeah, it's just like the a submission hold got yep. up and tried another yep. submission hold.
1: That is almost exactly what happened. Right? So after... Bob spun out of the sharpshooter. He threw Brett into the corner. And as Brett came out, he he tried to lock him into the chicken wing, but he so he got the chicken wing on, but as we know, he he kinda really gets the submission when he takes him down. And he wasn't able to take him down. So Brett reversed it, got him into the chicken wing. He was able to bring him down great vinyl. Yep. Uh huh. So then we got Roddy asking him if he says I quit. And what does he say? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, oh, oh. And I guess that means I quit. So we I, I wrote, but I guess we're going to count that as I quit. So, yeah, so the is winner, over. Is winner
0: is Brett the Shatman Hart. Daddy, <laughs> what do you rate this match? You know, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I think it was a pretty boring match, so I
2: rated it a half a star.
0: Not going to argue about that, Beverly, what do you rate this match?
1: I'm going at uh, two and a quarter on it, a little less than the um the last one, but still about the same level of enjoyment for me.
0: I am sad that I had to rate this match the why well, I'm going to rate this because I enjoy these two men's work, but I had to rate this match the sharp shooting chats.
1: Oh man, rough, rough. I this rough. match
0: was rough for me to get through. Sure. But I guess just because what we'll get here in a moment, I had to bump up my sharpshooting shots rating <laughs> up to two stars because of what Jim Ross was able to pull out of Bob Backlund. <laughs> Jim Ross, with his head, you know walkie, with his Walkman headset on with a microphone, walked up to Bob in the aisleway when Bob was looking up and all that. And Jim Ross wanted to get a few words from from Mr. Backlund. Mr. Backlund yells out, I saw a light. Did you see the light? <laughs> and Jim Ross said, he was looking at the lights. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess just because of the post-match interview, I had to bump up my rating to two stars. Amazing. Amazing. So because that was amazing, let's take a quick break. And we'll be right back with the last two matches of Wrestlemania 11, next on Main Event Status Radio.
1: Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
0: I've been a marked man ever since I won the Royal Rumble this year. It's only going to get worse, Jack. Take a look at me for God's sake. You can't look... So good, packed so far, had a God-given ability, not often envy, every superstar, backstage David, the WWF, and i man of Status Radio. I thought it necessary to find a man to watch my back. You wonder who this guy is? Tonight, I will show you this man. This bodyguard of mine is big, he's bad, he's vicious, he's the one and the only Vicious Hills.
1: See, I bet millions of people around the world are asking why? Why take another chance on a bodyguard when Diesel turns back on you when times got tough? See, we sat down and talked and he realized, Hills, you are a man with no feelings, no remorse for any living soul. And second, more importantly, I will be by his side when times are good and the times are bad. ah This is simple. The Hot Break Dog and myself, we will rule the world, because I am the man they call Hills. I'm Beverly Totoro in the back. I can't find my broadcast partner, Beverly Hills, but... It's fine. We're going to make some celebrity changes and we'll go with it for the last two matches here.
0: I have to say that NYPD Blue dude is a loser. He cannot oh. find Pamela Anderson. <laughs> 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 yep. Then we send it to Vince McMahon. Oh, Vince then says it to Todd Pantengale, who's with uh, Big Daddy Fool champion, Diesel. <laughs> Diesel said he feels the same way Sean feels that one of them will walk out as a World Wrestling Entertainment Champion. (laughs) Diesel said he'll hold on to the belt, and he'll show why he is the World Wrestling Federation Champion.
1: And this one was not quite as bad as his new... or as all of his uh, stuff coming up to this, but...
0: I yeah. will hold on to the belt, <laughs> and I'll show you why I'm the World Wrestling Federation yeah. champion.
1: Yeah, not nah, oh not as bad as that, luckily.
0: And just because this is for the World Wrestling oh, Federation yeah. championship, Mr. Beverly Hills and Daddy Sunshine, I had yeah. to crack open
1: a Sunquist t- 10 calories orange soda. <laughs> it de- yeah, definitely the... Um, definitely the main event, I think. Yeah. So um, I, res- I respect why they had to put LT on last. It makes sense to me. But this this is your main event.
0: Yes. So we get Shawn Michaels, a challenger with Psycho Sid and Jenny McCartney. McCarthy. Sorry, McCarthy. That's okay, that's okay. Taking on the WWF Champion Diesel with Pamela Anderson. Yes. So, Mid instead his friend Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas comes out, and I guess he's our special timekeeper. <laughs> the
1: luscious locks of Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and
0: all the girls scream for him, and all that. Then Nicholas Totoro, the NYPD blue dude, comes out. And I guess he's our special arena re- re- announcer, dude.
1: And he's slapping hands super, super hard. He was walking on the aisle, and I was like, whoa, I kind of feel bad for the people who slapped hands and Nicholas to because he was punishing those fans. And then he came in, and he awkwardly pretended to, like, fight with Howard Finkel. <laughs> so that was weird to me. <laughs>
0: yes. Then uh, a got excited when uh, Shawn Michaels came out when he came down with Gen- Jenny C. McCarthy. Courtney, my bad. I'm just going to call her Jenny. Jenny. Whatever. Got it. Jenny, what's her name? <laughs> and all that then let's see yeah then i'll see as as normal i had mentioned Shawn michael's tights which i thought would be kind of a, interesting which was interesting i felt like it was a play if i remember correctly is a playoff for uh, his wrestlemania 10 tights which also be a playoff his wrestlemania 12 tights would be white tights with red zebra hearts on his on it Okay, yeah. Which I thought was... And
1: he got these knee pads. Yeah,
0: the knee pads. Yeah, the red zebra stripes, which I thought was unique. Yeah. Then we get Stone Cold Diesel coming out with the glass breaks at the stage, and Diesel walks through it, and I guess, yeah, Diesel is the original Stone Cold. (laughs) Then he turns around, and Pamela Anderson comes down and walks him down the aisle, so which I thought was kind of cool. Then...
1: She before, looked like
0: she wanted to be anywhere else yes, in and, the world. Uh, we noticed that, especially when the, during the match we get camera shots of her, and you can tell, yeah, she doesn't want to be there, especially like during the Rumble match itself that we reviewed a few months back. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Once, then once Diesel gets in the ring, he goes after Sid right away. And when he had his back to it, Michael's, Michael tries to go after them. Diesel sends him over the top rope to the floor. Then him and Pam will oppose when Diesel's pyro went off. <laughs> yeah. Which, yes. which, I thought was kind of cool, cool scene. Since we don't see, I we don't see wrestlers. pose with celebrities to their pyro. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's just my sure. opinion, though.
1: No, that's right. You're right. You're right.
0: Well, think of it before we get into the match, Daddy. Do you have any memories of JTT, Nicholas Totoro, Pamela, or Jenny?
2: Well, I was going to say, well, between Jen and Miss Pam, I was going to say, anybody that grew up in the mid-90s, I'm pretty sure, especially those guys, had kind of a crush on those two. And JTT, I remember him from Home Improvement and the Nicholas whatever guy from NYPD Blue. No, nothing special for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was, my mom was a huge NYPD Blue fan and she didn't like his character. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. I was I was one of my most things that I was looking forward to of this podcast was the mid teenage Daddy Sunshine's opinions on the teen idols Jenny McCarthy and uh, Pam Anderson because I know they were the hotness at that point. Yeah, I was to say as Daddy's little brother, I do (laughs) remember back then
0: Daddy had the hots for. Jenny and Pamela, I remember I think it was Jenny Who did it? Yeah, that, Well, I was too young and, and all that but Fair enough. they they were pretty, I'll admit that <laughs> uh, but I remember I think Jenny Jenny was on some MTV show and I remember yeah. after school Daddy and our other brother Nate forced me to watch <laughs> that MTV show because they wanted to see Jenny and all her hotness Gotta do it man Well you got
2: that right
0: do you remember Do you remember that, Daddy forced me to watch it with I, I you guys? Was say,
2: I, I was, was going to say, I remember it. It was like, I remember the show, but I, heaven forbid I remember what it was called, but so then you know, there was, you know, what, what then was
1: there
0: was Miss
2: Anderson with uh, Breastwatch, I mean Baywatch. Watch. <laughs>
1: The Jenny Jenny was
0: on singled out as yeah yeah that was yeah, I what it. I can't remember what it was called either, but I'm I'm happy you re, I'm happy you knew what it was, Beverly. Got it, you got it.
1: So that was fun. Okay, so let's jump in here.
0: Then uh yeah that after the pyro went off when Diesel and Pamela posed, Sean g- came in and g- gained the early advantage when he punched Diesel a few times and and all that was able to run away from Diesel. With one punch, Sean went down.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And then Diesel followed up with an elbow and a choke and a back body drop. And uh, that, and he threw Sean into the corner and he flipped out of it and he went to consult with his man Sid on the outside. Sean came back in and yeah, he, yeah,
0: right around this, yeah, right when Sean went outside, it's like he, when he got thrown over, it's like Sean landed on a photographer and got pissed off and had his, had, had the, stereotypical Shawn Michaels temper tantrum that he was known for throwing in the early to mid-90s.
1: Yes, totally. What, what was the deal with all these photographers? I, I
0: to, to do a little tease for the next match, I will talk a little bit about it during the Bam Bam LT match.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: But, uh, I, but I assume it's uh, you know, different news news sites and all that there to take pictures of the event.
1: Yeah, or even then, I guess it's just to give the big field or big fight feel yeah. to the LT match, make it seem like everybody's there. Even you know, there very well might be news outlets, but even if it isn't, it gives that big fight feel. But I would say there was there were a few too many. Yeah. It got to be crowded
0: because at, um, st- at times during the pay per view, it seemed like. The crowd was actually up to the ring apron, which wasn't the case.
1: Yeah, right.
0: So that, that kind of bothered me at, at at times during the event, but whatever. Yeah. They, so so he has to get back back into it.
1: So as Sean got back in, he spit at Diesel as a distraction, and he ran in trying to do corner punches, but he kept getting thrown off. Uh, Diesel tried to do a press slam on HBK, but he squirmed out of it. A gorilla.
0: Press slam, daddy.
1: Yes, yes. Um Sean weirdly went for like a vertical suplex and I'm like, come on. Like this isn't gonna happen. <laughs> and I was correct as Diesel turned it into one of his own. Um <laughs> uh he he diesel put Sean on the outside and he responded by Raking his face, elbowing him, and funny move, sliding between Diesel's legs to get <laughs> the rig. He <laughs> tried to go for a sunset flip, but Diesel um, choked him, reached down, choked him, and then crotched him on the ropes. Um, let's see. Uh, Sean clotheslined Diesel over the top and did a really cool splash from the top rope onto diesel there out by the cameraman and i guess this makes it look kind of cool when they're all around him there too yeah and so like that during this time they've shown another
0: shot of pamela anderson and she seemed (laughs) uninterested again
1: yeah then it's
0: like around this time too Sean made another made another contact with another photographer
1: Okay. Yeah, he was he was having some trouble with those guys. He really was. He really was. Um Oh, Sean did a really nice baseball slide. Yeah, beautiful. And then he then he tried to do another one. Um Diesel got out of the way. He ended up elbowing a cameraman, which is what really happened. But they say he went ribs first into the post, which I guess was like you know, it, it's gonna be setting up the heat segment here, but yeah. He definitely just like elbowed the camera. <laughs> yeah, when
0: Diesel went down, it's like then the match really slowed down, and yeah, they they lost the crowd when that happened.
1: I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Um, so once they got back in the ring, um, HBK was working with some kicks to his legs, stomping on him, did a, a good looking top rope bulldog and a good looking, uh, flying back elbow which which were nice and a nice looking regular flying elbow too at this point we got a really awkward shot of nicholas totero just like randomly like here's his face and then back to (laughs) then then back to the rig
0: any shot of nicholas Totoro is an awkward shot beverly hills (laughs) what can i say
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Where am I? Where am I? Okay, so Sean was gonna go for a DDT, and Diesel powered out of two DDT attempts. Um, he tried to go for a Snake Eyes onto Sean, but he slipped out the back and jumped on for a sleeper,
0: a sleep hold, by the way, sleep
1: hold, way. if you will. Yep. Uh
0: huh. Uh. It seemed like when Michaels put slapped on a sleep hold on the Big Daddy D, it seemed like Michaels also put the crowd. In the sleep hold as well.
1: <laughs> just a bit, yeah, just a bit. Um, that led to, after getting out of the sleep hold, uh, Diesel was able to power out of it. He hit two avalanches in the corner, then a snake eyes, and he crotched him on the top rope. Yeah, when, so like this-
0: when, so like when Big Daddy D was doing that, he started to get that diesel fuel running through his veins. It was starting to D up, I guess, or Hulk up, or
1: whatever you want to call it and here came the most awkward announcer line of the day. <laughs> Vince. It's like pulling a turnip. Oh. What is like pulling a turnip? He, he I'm like I was literally floored. What it's like pulling a turnip. <laughs> that I doesn't even
0: know. make any sense
1: no not at all not at all so they fought each other to the outside uh, Earl jumped down to try to hold on to Sid and he questioned yeah. right, right before is right,
0: right, is be- right before this Diesel's holding Michaels up by the tights while punching him in the face Yes, I wanted to ask how is that legal how know. is it legal holding up a guy by the tights just to punch him in the face <laughs> Earl Hebner what another screw job, dude. <laughs> well, and then he
1: quote-unquote hurts his ankle. And he screwed Shawn Michaels over again, second time in this matchup. Yes. So <laughs> back in the ring, uh, HBK hit the sweet chin music, but since Earl's hurt his leg, he can't get in. Because, yeah, when, and, Sh- when Shawn
0: covered Diesel, it was well, to me, he had, he had the clear victory, but was Michaels also hitting the mat at that time? Or no? Yes. Was he? What? Well, oh the yeah, Mike, Michael's us. hitting yeah. them
1: out. Yes, he did. Okay. Yep, he counted himself. Okay. Right, and also at this time, Sid had a knife and he cut the turnbuckle to expose it. And I, I, I don't know, maybe lapse of judgment for me. I wrote that he should have just stabbed these.
0: Yes, I know uh, <laughs> that
1: would be a little outside the rules.
0: Yes. Well, the referee was out injured, so he, the referee would have noticed. He had
1: a knife. I don't know, but I know what yeah.
0: we'll talk about. Uh, comments from the announcers. I did note that when Sean had the clear cover, the clear victory on Diesel, Wilder did say this is not right, <laughs> and, and I have to agree with them. That, <laughs> that
1: you got to agree. You got to
2: agree.
0: Yeah, Sean had the clear, the clear victory there, and I guess as Jesse Ventura, if he was doing color, he would have called that out too and would have said, yeah. "Sean Michaels is the clear champion, McMahon."
1: He certainly would have, and it's good that they did. Um, yeah, let's see. They, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah Sid Sid took
0: took the, the, Go ahead. Oh yeah, Sid took the turnbuckle pad off.
1: Yep. Yeah, so they had a double count, double ten countdown, and uh, Sean beat the the ten count first, but he didn't have enough to cover Diesel for the full three. Um, he went up top, and he tried to. Tried to come off the top rope onto him, but he's caught and hit with a side slam. Uh, Diesel slingshotted triple or not triple H. (laughs) He slingshotted Hbk, and but he was way too far away, so he didn't hit the top turnbuckle. Do you think he was supposed to? I wouldn't be surprised if he was supposed to. Because like, what else would be the point of Sid? Yeah. Pulling off right, yeah. unless he was he was gonna do that. So, but I like that Sean didn't try to like awkwardly hit the top one when he knew he wasn't going to. So basically, this all goes back to the fact that Diesel was way too far away when he did yeah. the slingshot. Um, but coming off of that, he hit a huge big boot and um, got the old jackknife. Yeah, because um, yeah, after the slingshot,
0: Diesel started to got another injection of diesel yep. fuel and started to it up. Right. Yeah, I hit Michael's with punches, big boot signal for a jack knife and hit a almost three sixty jack knife for the victory. Yes. You're the um, winner. And still our reigning and defending undisputed World Wrestling Federation champion Diesel. Daddy, how do you rate this match?
2: Me, I rated a four-star match just because of the quick, you know, the quick pace of the beginning of the match, and like you guys are paying at times it kind of got a little boring. But I'm still going to stick with my four stars on this one. Go for it. I would,
1: yeah, do it. Beverly, how do you rate this match? I rated this match three and three-fifths stars. I didn't have it. I didn't have enough to go three and three-quarters on it. I respect that you went four stars, Mr. Sunshine. But I didn't I thought it was good. I didn't have quite enough to go three and three quarters, so I went three and three fifths.
0: You know just to play it fair and how if I remember correctly I rated the Bret Hart diesel match of the rumble four stars. I had to I guess give this match a four stars too because just because of what Sean did. Okay. And I feel like Sean tried to put Diesel over as best as he could. Sure. And all that. Then, uh, yeah, Jim Ross caught up with Sid and Michaels in the aisleway, and Sid said that Michaels isn't done with Diesel yet. Love it, man! Sid was
1: freaking awesome. This is not over.
0: Then we <laughs> then both Pamela Anderson and, and Jenny, what's her name, got in the ring along with JTT and the NYPD dude, and the four posed with Big Daddy, Big Daddy D, and the pirate went off.
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of weird because like. As the ladies were getting up, the announcer was like, ooh, the ladies love Diesel. But then as they were saying that Nicholas Totoro was also in the ring, like kind of like touching <laughs> on Diesel. So it's like, oh, man. <laughs> I did a little bit of dirty little research in the hills.
0: And before yeah, before we get into the main event, let me share some knowledge I gained from the 30 years of WrestleMania book that WWE put out this past year. How they have a every like a chapter, several pages on every WrestleMania. And they had some quotes from Michaels and Nash about their match that I wanted to share. Michaels okay. mentioned that. Michael says, and I quote, This was at the point in my career where I said, I'll show them, I'll go out there and make a statement. Although the match went very well, and the upside is you are out there with your buddy, I think Rusty <laughs> 11 is more known as the Wrestlemania that LT was on. Yep, and I agree with them. Then Nash recalls, Sean was also ahead of his time in, in terms of, of style. We were best of friends. We spent so many hours and miles traveling together. Sean wanted, Sean wanted to do this... Uh, or oh yeah, Sean wanted to do this since the time he was a kid. So, I wanted to ask, David, did it come across that Michaels made a statement during his title match against Diesel? Sorry, what? I guess, did it come across that Michaels made a statement in the title match oh. that he deserves the main event spot?
1: Yes, I do think so. Because I think it's fairly clear that he carried that match.
0: Okay, then, do you guys feel like, uh, do you feel, oh, go ahead, Daddy.
2: I will say, I'm going to have to agree with Beverly on this one that, that were you know, what was, what, what, sorry if I stumbled on my tongue. I agree with Beverly on this one.
0: Yeah, then uh, I also want to ask, do you guys, with the performance that we just reviewed, do you guys feel like that match deserved to be slotted in the last spot of the nine?
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of touched on it earlier, but I do think it should have been, but you can't, you know, the reason people were watching that one was LT um the reason why LT was there was because he was going to be in the main event it's tough to not
0: yeah so I know I yeah I did uh, some research on or did some reading on that match and, and all that I'll get back to the book here in a moment Then uh after the after we saw some posing with Diesel and the celebrity, we go backstage to Todd, who's with Michaels and Sid, and Michaels is pissed off and said that he should have been the new WWE champion, as we said. And if in Lawler mentioned that he should have been, if Jesse Ventura would have been calling, Shawn Michaels should have been WWF champion, McMahon. man.
1: Uh, yeah, then, yeah. Uh,
0: then we see the replay, and we see it again, that Shawn should have won the title and had the clear three count. Then Sid compared it to baseball and how let's see, how there should be more than just one official out there. And Sid said that Michaels isn't finished with Diesel. Then Michaels said that he sh- shouldn't have to prove it again, and he shouldn't have to do it again, but he will. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on this backstage interview that Michaels and Sid had.
1: I thought Sid carried this promo. Yeah. You know, and I, I think Sid doesn't get a lot of credit for promos, but this one came, came across good. He's a bubbly fool! He falls down and blows his knees out, my man here. He pays a severe price, brother. I thought it was good. I, I really like the Sid piece of that, so
0: Then all just like uh like I said, you know, I did some more reading of the thirty years of WrestleMania book on WrestleMania eleven and yeah, how they discussed the Diesels the Diesel Michaels WWE title match and how that was strong enough to headline WrestleMania, but McMahon felt like it was important to add some celebrity power, which is why we got yeah, Pamela, Jenny, Sultan, Peppa, Nicholas Toro, JT, and JTT. But McMahon, I guess, wanted to add a celebrity sports figure to do like what Mr. T did for WrestleMania's one and two. So sure. McMahon recruited LT, and he was anonymously agreed that Bam Bam Bigelow was a WWE superstar who had the talent to work with Taylor. Kevin Nash remembers, and I quote, Bam was the guy to have the match with LT, no doubt about it. He was so talented and he could do so much more for a guy his size. Bam would would be able to lead that match and we all knew it. And according to the book, some media outlets like Sports Illustrated, New York Daily News, USA Today, and ESPN uh, SportsCenter covered, covered Bam Bam for his LT match up to yeah their media match which is why I assume why there were so much camera people around the rings pushing them in the main event match. Yeah. And later on in the chapter these remembered and I quote Sean wanted to go on last and I, I feel the WWE championship should always go on last because it's a title. But at the same time I got the title of that November and I hadn't even had three hundred matches for my career at that point. Yeah. I was excited to be there and be there having a match at WrestleMania with my friend. Unquote. Yeah. So I kind of want to get your... I know I do have another quote I wanted to talk about, but with Diesel... I know, Beverly, you and I talked about this before, but with Diesel not even having 300 matches under his belt and having the title, I guess it makes sense not not throwing the match on last, and since Vince wanted a sports celebrity there, too, I guess doesn't... To me, it makes some sense why not having the title on on, on as a last match, I want to get both... Your guys' thoughts. Beverly, I guess I'll shoot it to you first.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think you you gotta go um you gotta go LT last. There's yeah, there's people from around the you know, around the world or America there looking for that one, so I think you gotta go that one last. Daddy, what's your thoughts?
2: I mean I could see where you know where Sean was saying that he wanted to go last, but I mean on the other hand I could see where Vince wanted, you know the Bam Bam LT match on last hole, so I can kind of see where you know where both
0: matches kind of landed where they did then yeah, before we go to the last quote um, I feel like if they would have put the Bam Bam LT match second to last and the title match last do you guys feel like the fans who came to see LT Russell, do you think they would have left during the main event and do you, yeah, do you feel like people would have just lost interest after the lieutenant Bam, Bam match, and Beverly, I'd shoot it to you first.
1: No, I you know I don't think it was for the live crowd putting them last. I think it's more for the media outlets and for LT himself. So, no, I don't think people would have left, but I think it doesn't have as much cachet when they say that he'd be in the semi-main versus being in the main. So, yeah.
0: Daddy, what's your thoughts? I mean, I, follow, I, I can
2: kind of see why they put them in last, but... I mean, like Beverly was saying about the whole media gig and all that, so I think they might have caught my last interest or left before the main event if they would have, you know, switched them around.
0: Okay, then I got one last quote from Vince McMahon, and Vince remembers, oh, it was very risky putting a non-WWE star in the main event of WrestleMania. At the same time, Lawrence Taylor's athleticism is world-class. Competing with Bam Bam Biglow, who at the time as well, and so his athleticism is world class. It was weighed in terms of design, in which you could use the the athleticism of Lawrence Taylor and what he could do as well, and stay and stay away from what he could not do as well as a newcomer to this genre. Unquote. So, what's your guys' thoughts on what what McMahon said, and with what I quoted with what Diesel said? What's your guys' thoughts on? Pairing LT with Bam Bam, and Beverly, i go with you first.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that statement, just that, uh, yeah, well, clearly, and I'll get to it in my notes uh, in this match, but that they were banking on just the fact that LT was a raw athlete, and he still was, you know, in 95, uh, still in in really prime condition. Um, So he was able to, even if he was very new in it, um... You know, handle handle it and let his uh, athletic ability take over and, and help him out, and uh, yeah, and rely on the fact that that Bam Bam was an old vet, uh, a a person who could could work through and and make it make it happen there. So yeah, Daddy, what's your thoughts?
2: yeah, I'd have to agree with Beverly on this one. But, you know, about how Bam Bam could not you know make the match look good with LT and you know with LT like Beverly was saying with LT still being in his prime and whatnot, it kind of made the match go relatively smooth and good
3: mm-hmm.
0: well yeah I was just kind of, I guess trying to think of it now only other person I felt like could have pulled a at least an acceptable if not a good match out of LT would have been Shawn Michaels but Shawn was already in the world title match role as a challenger so I felt like Bam Bam would have been is was was and probably would be the best best person to face LT since we know that was just as we saw in the WWF title match uh Sean if something would have wouldn't have gone the way Sean wanted, Sean probably would have had, had a temper tantrum <laughs> against LT and Yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't have looked good for the WWF. Yeah, w well,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And you know, Sean is just kind of so volatile as you're as you're alluding to you need someone very kind of steady and if you know if LT messes up they can make it look good um so i think yeah i think that was a it was a good choice i think you could have gone let's see what other directions could you have gone it's got to be a heel um i you know i don't know i'm not sure off the top of my head maybe backland <laughs> i'm yeah. sure you've gotten something out of him
0: but well kind of like i said maybe backland but i felt Nothing against Backlund, but I felt like at that time Bam Bam would have been a better was the best choice because Backlund, depending on what crowd he's in front of, either gets a babyface reaction which we've seen over the series, didn't not get a reaction like we saw tonight, true, or get a heel reaction which we really haven't seen in the series.
1: No, good call, good call.
0: So. Um, yep. we might as well get back to the pay per view. Then how the Million Dollar Man's theme song hit, and the corporation started to run down the aisle. You know, one on you know each guy by itself. You know, for the now for Howard can introduce, uh each guy. Then we get the NFL money Monday Night Football theme song, and the <laughs> the LT's team runs down and all that. Then Do you Pat- want to run down the the team here i did not but you can go you can okay. tell us about okay, it okay
1: so we got ken norton out first the cowboy hat oh first sorry before th- when i want to go through the million dollar team i was thinking we must be short on time here cuz they're all sprinting out okay so right like did you notice that yeah i noticed it yeah the million dollar team they're all they're all running just sprinting out there even DiBiase did. So yeah, on the LT side, I love that the Monday Night Football (laughs) was their theme song. Yeah, Ken Norton in a cowboy hat, Chris Spielman coming out, Ricky Jackson, Carl Banks, then your favorite. Maniac Steve McMichael. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? (laughs) And I wrote, did he just throw money to the crowd? Because he got to the audience and then he throws something at them and it's like papers and i'm like did <laughs> maniac steve mcmichael just uh bribe the audience but i don't know and this is what i wrote you know not going to lie when you look at this team they got some pretty freaking good football players usually when they do this kind of thing it's kind of a joke but they're pretty good um that's when co- they kind of get into it here the all-pro team in the million-dollar team. Kama and McMichael are going to fight. Mongo hit a nice punch on him. Um, Then Spielman went and and punched Tatanka, but he fell down. Um, Yes, which is funny. Here's when I wrote that I really want one of those Lawrence Lawrence Taylor all-pro team t-shirt. I don't care which one it is. You can get me the Chris Spielman one. You can get me the Carl Banks one. I don't care, but... I really, really want an LT All-Pro Team t-shirt. Then
0: uh, Pat, Patterson, Pat Patterson was announced as our special guest referee, and I wanted to ask, when did that become official? Because I don't remember it ever being mentioned during our series that Patterson was the special guest referee.
1: I don't think he's a special guest. I think he's just the ref. Fair enough. <laughs> I <laughs> we, think it's one of those things where he's the ref.
0: Then we get Chancellor LT, then we get BAM! Bam! Yep. So just because of this match was the last match, I have to <laughs> open up another pop. <laughs> nice. So yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow comes down to the ring first for his main event, WrestleMania main event match against Loris Taylor. And <laughs> I have to admit that I love how the fans started to chant for LT. Yeah, then Bam Bam theme song hit to kind of, I guess, play it off with the fans that you got to wait a little bit longer for Lt. Then when, then yeah, then when Bam walked by Salt and Pepper, he yelled something at him, m- and <laughs> it made him flinch and all that, which always makes me smile.
1: Yeah, but then Salt wanted to fight him. <laughs> it, you know, yes, or sorry, earlier today when I told you that I thought I had something for you to ask Dave Meltzer. No. Oh. Here it is, and it goes to actually what we were just talking about. I wrote that you should ask Dave Meltzer why they chose Bam Bam over like different ones because it it was an interesting choice and oh, like why ba- yeah why bam bam over a different <laughs> anybody else
0: okay uh when we're done recording the show if you can yeah remind me that I can make sure I send Dave Milt through yeah email and get all that see if he answers
1: okay cool okay. I just I just finally got to it so yeah.
0: there you go then I know uh, yeah then when LT came down you, you can usually tell that his theme song was overdubbed to some Soothing, uh, soothing saxophone stuff, and oh, you—you you aren't aware of that soothing
1: saxophone?
0: No, tell me about the soothing oh, saxophone, friend. Daddy.
1: That is the Bam Bam Bigelow face music. Was it? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's that's what Bam Bam starts using after he turns face. Think of it. I know, Daddy, you watched
0: the uh, WrestleMania 11 on my WrestleMania 11 DVD from the anthology set that they released in 2005. How did they edit out the salt and Pepper singing in LT down the ring? I was going to say, to be honest, I really don't remember, but I know you guys, we were
2: talking about how Bam Bam and Salt were made them those two flints where Salt wanted to fight Bam Bam, which I thought was kinda of funny. <laughs> yeah. So I, don't I, was say, I, I was gonna say they edited it out, but I wasn't I thought the little altercation between Bam Bam and Salt and Pepper was pretty good. That, that made me laugh, so Yeah.
1: I actually don't think they edited out edited it out on the WrestleMania set. Because I've watched that on DVD, and it was so weird. Because I was like, "Why? When are Salt Pepper going to play?" Well, because yeah, I don't—they plus- never played.
0: Well, I can remember when I watched it on the DVD, uh, probably four or five years ago. I know they did not—they edited out Salt and Pepper playing.
1: Okay. okay, fair enough. All so,
0: right. and then at the start, before I think before the bell rang, Vince mentioned that Diesel has spent time with LT training and all that, and I was wondering. Why couldn't that been said on Raw yep. weeks before?
1: Yep. They, I thought the same thing. You know, just kind of randomly, we get in this match, this one match, we're trying to push that, um, that Diesel LT relationship, and we haven't gotten that at all in the last three months, and yet in this one match, we're getting that. So that was that was definitely a misstep. I did want to say when LT was coming out, he came out with um, the guy who at Royal Rumble said my favorite line, He's crazy, that guy! (laughs) And apparently his name is Dino Cariacos. And also, I did some Dirty Hill research here on Dino Cariacos. What do you find out? Well, him and LT are good friends going back to like the early 90s. And the reason why... LT signed up to do WrestleMania was because Dino Carriaco's wife recently has passed away, and this is he's doing it to cheer Dino up. Well, that's cool, but isn't isn't that weird though? That it's is, in, super interesting,
0: right? Well, that's that's cool that at what Alex, what you found out that I'm happy LT didn't want to do this simply simply for the money.
1: Yeah, that was weird. I thought that was very strange. Yeah, he did it so Dino would be cheered up. And And uh, Dino did look like he was having a great time when he was running out with them. And then uh, Patterson tells the
0: dudes the rules are in the center of the ring, then Bantam shoved him, and LT laughs it (laughs) off.
1: Yep, and LT did a slap on Bam Bam too. And then the (laughs)
0: bell rings and the crowd (laughs) pops for the start of the match.
1: Yeah, so we start off, uh, LT hits a punch, a throw, a clothesline over the top. Uh, Bam Bam missed an avalanche, and LT kind of a, hit a kind of a rough-looking bulldog. Uh, he kind of hit a—I guess I called it a beal, but the, um, the announcers called it a hip lock. Uh, whatever. He just kind of tossed him to the side. Did a couple of those in the in the deal. Um, at one point, LT got thrown outside onto the million-dollar team. Side of the ring, but the all-pros came over and uh pushed them away. So they're they're doing their job there. Um let's see. Oh, I did want to say, you know, I think I liked the aspect of this match where, you know, it's clear that LT doesn't really know how to wrestle, right? Yeah. So he, he, you know, he just kind of fights. He just, you know, he does like these just kind of throws and, and he punches and stuff like that. So I I think they they played it good in that regard, rather than trying to make him wrestle like a wrestler, because he's not a wrestler, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, and I'll well, kind of tie in with that. I didn't put in my notes why isn't LT wearing knee pads, but I guess <laughs> with, with what you said, that kind of makes sense that LT isn't you know isn't a wrestler and he doesn't need to wear knee pads in the football field, so I guess that makes sense that. He isn't yeah. wearing knee pads.
1: Sure, sure. Um so Bam Bam did hit a slam on on Lawrence, but then he missed the headbutt, but he was still able to take over and he choked him on the middle rope for a little bit. Locked on a step over toe hold, which I thought was interesting, like the STF without the F. And I wrote now what I'd expect there from Bam Bam. No, you know,
0: yeah, that look you know set looked like that first LTU or Bam Bam was gonna set up for a Boston crab, but wasn't able to turn him over then it was it, it looks like like a half crab kind of thing slash, uh, STF without, yeah you know, the chin
1: lock, mm-hmm. which I-, I thought I thought that was a good idea though because like when you think about what Lawrence has to do in that regard all he has to do is lay there he has to bend his knee backward yeah. you know, in a in a crab you have to you know act like you're selling your back or. You know, if you're in a figure four, you got to make sure your legs are in the right position or whatever. With this, it's a really easy one. You just lay there. Yeah. (laughs) So it was a smart one, I thought. Um, Lt worked his way over to the rope. He got a big, big punch, and uh, shoot, I don't know. And then somebody did a really nice side suplex. To be honest, I don't know if it was Lt or uh, Bam Bam. Okay, I know I did not.
0: I did not. I assume it was Bam Bam because my next note was Bam Bam went up and hit a moonsault.
1: The flailing moonsault, kind of, because he doesn't flip. He just, like, turns around. Yeah. <laughs> and uh-huh. I was surprised
0: that Bannon only got a one count out of that.
1: Because he, quote, unquote, hurt his knee.
0: Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I yeah, didn't finish reading my note, but, yeah, I wrote, it looked like he rolled off and because he hurt his legs on the way down.
1: Uh-huh, yep. So LT got him up. He hit what I called a shitty pile driver, but they called it a jackknife. Yeah. It was definitely not a jackknife. I laugh
0: because, yeah, you know, I wrote down it. Both men got back up, and Bam Bam was gonna back body drop LT, but LT tried to hit the jackknife power bomb, and then in, then in uh apprentices, which didn't look like it. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bam Bam hit one of his f- flipping kicks, which yeah. looked cool. I wrote down a beautiful Insta Yeah. Uh huh. And that looked like nice. Um, Bam Bam went up top. Well, he tried to go up top, but at first the All Pro team wouldn't let him. And I'm <laughs> like, they're cheating, man. They're like, you can't just like crowd and be like, you can't go up there. McMahon, but, that is illegal. Those guys should let Bam Bam go on top rope. Exactly. That is exactly what Jesse would have said. So he did hit a headbutt, but LT kicked out. At, at a count of two, and I put down in my notes, all in caps, lock. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And as the announcer said, LT has come alive. <laughs> and LT hit two good-looking forearms to him, came off the ropes for a third that he's flying with, and he got the three and the crowd goes wild, and I wrote that Dino, Dino got into the ring, I think, before even the three-count was made. He was, he was in the ring, I think, when LT hit the last forearm. Yes,
0: because I, I did notice that after Bam Bam got the diving headbutt only and two count Bam Bam, you, you can tell by these facial expressions that Bam Bam was frustrated, and I feel like Bam Bam helped show that off to the camera, and whoever was able to read his body language too, that he was pissed off that his finish maneuver did not end LT. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah, the winners Lawrence Taylor and Daddy. How do you rate this match?
2: Me, yeah, I rated. I rated two stars. I mean, there was points, I think in the match it was kind of rough. But overall, I think Bam Bam and L D did a fairly good job at it.
1: Beverly, how do you rate this match? Yeah, this is almost one of those that you got to kind of grade on a curve. Like, yeah. um, you you. You can't, and I just when I was thinking about it myself, I can't look at it as technically as I could, as I normally would. You know, and after I did all my ratings, I looked at Dave Meltzer's ratings, and, you know, he, he, rated this like a dot or something or like really low and i i mean i guess if you're viewing it in a vacuum but it's not and you know this is a non-wrestler so i went one in three quarters i thought uh, one in three quarters you said won. We yeah one in three quarters i thought you know it still wasn't great but it served its purpose and uh it worked for what it was i guess i'm surprised i rated the what i rated it,
0: it. I read this match three, three and one-half stars.
1: Okay, sure. And it's all
0: enjoyment, you know? Yeah, I guess I enjoyed it. And, you know, doing like I said, I read some of the 30 Years of WrestleMania book, which I'll get into here momentarily more about that match. But I was surprised what, while we're watching this and taking notes about it, how well Bam Bam was able to lead LT into a decent and acceptable main event match at WrestleMania.
1: Sure. And I felt yeah, like the crowd yeah.
0: The crowd also helped me bump it up because the crowd was into it for most of the match. And so, yeah, that's why I rated it better than both you guys because, yeah, the crowd, I base some of my ratings on how into the crowd was or wh- or isn't. And your crowd was into this match and was totally for LT whenever he had the advantage. So, yeah, that's why I rated it 3.5 stars.
1: Yeah, they've had some great discussions on, I don't know which one, but one of the PTBN, PWO shows about should you take crowd reaction into ratings or should you not? And I think, if I remember right, Dave doesn't take in crowd reactions at all. Like, he views it as if they were wrestling in an empty gym. And he just goes on that. And I can't. Yeah, same here, I can't. I got to go. You know, there is definitely an element of the people who are there. Do they like it? Do they hate it? Are are the guy? Because I think, you know, if you were to go to a play or a concert and no one was cheering, and no one was singing along, would you rate that as a great play or concert? Well, no. Right? So why would you do that with this? I think you have to, you know, do the same because it's a form of entertainment. If the fans aren't being entertained, I think you gotta go low rating on it. Or other you know, or opposite, if the fans are super into it and loving everything, how can you be like, that sucked? Yeah, like like you said <laughs> that. I feel like you know, if you're not to rate
0: matches all that, like what we've been doing and you know, what Dave Meltzer does, I feel like you should base yeah, how interested and how entertained, so to say, the fans are in the match.
1: Right, at least a little bit.
0: Yeah, so what I usually do, then, right. yeah, LT, like you said, Beverly, LT's pro team jumped in the ring and put them on their shoulders, and yep. the fans cheered and all that, and, Jim Ross is down in the aisleway again with his walkie-talkie headphones and, <laughs> and all that and joined the Million Dollar Corporation in the aisleway, and Million Dollar Man chewed out Bam Bam for losing to LT. Yeah, he did. It seemed like the show ended rather drastically.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote that I was pretty disappointed that they clearly cut off the end. Wasn't there another uh, salt and Pepper performance, maybe? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so that was kind of that was disappointing, I guess. I haven't found a lot on the network that have been kind of awkwardly edited like that until this one. So that was yeah, that. was a little
0: downer. Yeah, Then yeah. more on the 30 Years of WrestleMania book that WWE produced. They got a quote from Pat Patterson. Patterson recalls, I worked out with LT in the ring three weeks prior to WrestleMania. I was amazed at what he could do. I tried to tell him, be careful, you don't want or you don't know how to use the ropes yet. He was okay. doing all these things like it was normal to him. He couldn't wait to get to get to WrestleMania.
1: Oh, interesting. Just,
0: then McMahon adds again. I had to give cred, uh, credit early to Bam Bam Bigelow as well as Lawrence Taylor, but especially to Bam Bam from uh, Buddy, especially to Bam Bam for help for helping to make that match live up to expectation and pulling all that off. It was a great main event. So I just okay. want to get both of you guys' thoughts on what patterson and mcmahon added added there
1: can't say i have anything much to add to it <laughs>
2: okay.
1: daddy do you have any any other other final thoughts or anything about that i was gonna say
2: actually i was gonna say neither do i i really don't gotten very much to add to it myself either
0: okay uh, because of time i know daddy you had to, you won't be able to join us for the final segment or anything but what's your overall thoughts on wrestlemania from start to finish
2: I mean, from start to finish. I mean, it you know compared to what it is now, it could have been better. But I mean, heck, I overall I think it was kind of pretty well put together.
0: Okay, then, if you had to pick a jobber in a main eventer, who do you who would your jobber be?
2: Uh, my jobber, if I had to pick, oh, Jeepers Creepers. I was gonna say the would probably be Backlund.
0: Okay, then who do your min eventer be?
2: I was going to say, my main adventure would have to be
0: Sean. Okay. Then do you have any anything to plug or anything before we let you go?
2: Uh, well, uh, actually, go ahead and plug my Twitter, which I'm not on very often.
0: That, and that's Darcy 78 Okay. Then, which well, I before we let you go and before we take our final break of the show, Daddy, for both Beverly Hills and I, we both thank you for yes. for joining us for one of the early episodes of... Of the series and all that when Beverly wasn't able to join us for a family situation and I thank you for that and for coming on with me to talk one of the early episodes of Raw and thank you for taking your time to review WrestleMania 11 with us.
1: Yep, 100%. Thanks a lot for coming in. Thanks a lot for subbing for me when we needed to call the pen. You
2: guys are quite welcome.
0: And we'll be right back here on Main Event Status Radio. The following
3: announcement. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Has Vince brainwashed all these guys? thing the the I'm sick of these promos. The guys that are just so angry at somebody for doing something that's not wrestling. He's done
2: it all!
3: That is so Vince McMahon. Yes, it is. That is that is Vince McMahon to a T. Your life should be pro wrestling. It should be pro wrestling when you wake up. It should be pro wrestling when you eat your breakfast. It should be pro wrestling when you eat your lunch. It should be pro wrestling in the airports, obviously. It should be pro wrestling on the airplane, which we've seen many times. It should be pro wrestling in the arenas. It should be pro wrestling afterwards at the hotel. And it should be pro wrestling when you go to bed. And then you start over again the next day. The idea that you would want to have anything in your life that's not pro wrestling is such an appalling thing to Vince McMahon. That's why so many careers have gone awry, have gone off the rails. That's why guys aren't with the company right now, because they want to do something that wasn't wrestling. Vince cannot handle this. So now it has to be a storyline every week. How dare you go write a book? How dare you write a book? How dare you do Dancing with the Stars? Wow! How dare you go out there and bring the WWE brand into the mainstream by being a WWE... WWE Superstar on Dancing with the Stars. How dare you? Woo! Now I have to hear it. It's one thing when you have to hear it with John Cena and The Rock. Now I got to hear it with John Cena and The Rock and with CM Punk I'm the best. There is. and Chris Jericho. I'm going to WrestleMania! So hopefully I never have to hear it again. You have hobbies, everybody. It's healthy.
2: And telling the whole world that I'm my way to jump. In a sweat, my clothes in a pile on the
0: floor, all oh, my baby dolls in a frenzy. Big gun is gonna take this
3: from me.
1: Save again. I'm going to WrestleMania!
3: Alright, everybody, I want to wrap it up for today. I'll be back uh, tomorrow. <laughs>
1: And welcome back to Vain Event Status Radio for the th- th- thrilling conclusion. Woo! Thrilling conclusion. And <laughs> once again, before, you know, when
0: we finished up last thing, I thank my brother, Daddy of Sunshine, for coming on. And also, I want to thank you, Mr. Beverly Hills, for readjusting your weekend this weekend no to problem. record this podcast. Since so you thank me and the special cast that we did last week in WrestleMania <laughs> 31, I want to. And when you you thank me on air, I want to thank you on air for oh, readjusting you. your, sch- your, your schedule this weekend for because I had some stuff going on. So thank you for readjusting your, sch- your schedule this weekend for me.
1: <laughs> no problem, dude.
0: So we might as well get into our jobber and our mid eventer. And I guess I'll start with a jobber if you don't mind, Mister Beverly Hills. yeah okay. I had a tough time picking out a jobber to be honest, because to me the first five matches of the night. To quote me and Gene Oakland from, from uh, Legends House on the WWE Network, holy balls. <laughs> I had a tough time for the first five matches just to get through it. Oh, okay. But if I, I guess the way to say if I had to choose one match, well, I did pick it down to one person but later on, but if I had to choose one match, it has to be the Bret Hart and Bob Beckley match because, I know we talked about this before, but if I remember correctly, they had an amazing match. At Survivor Series, you know, back in November of '94, that was a hell of a lot better than the match that we just reviewed. Oh, sure. And how we, you know, we ta- we reviewed the build up from you know the first draw of '95 through you know WrestleMania '11, and you know also we didn't, we couldn't watch Superstar in Action on and all that, which I'm yeah. sure that it was more build up on those shows. But well,
1: who knows, with, man? Yeah, with what Don't we saw, too much credit.
0: And yeah, with what we saw in Raw, yeah, we. There really wasn't much of a build, and the crowd, like I mentioned when we reviewed the match, the crowd just didn't care. And if I had to, so I felt like any any match, that match didn't live up to my expectations. But if I had to pick one person for my or it has to be The Undertaker. Oh, okay. For being jobbed out to Jim Ross, that comma character, and the (laughs) continuing of the Million Dollar Corporation feud.
1: Okay. Sure. All right. My jobber is the one and only Nicholas Tetero. <laughs> I don't, he, I don't blame was, you. He was a fail from beginning to end. He was he couldn't... We can talk to him the first time. He was weird, stilted. He awkwardly was slapping people's hands really hard and trying to fight the Fink. Didn't like it. I guess I really can't blame him. Nicholas
0: Totoro for having audio issues during (laughs) WrestleMania 11. Since
1: (laughs) I can well, you can,
0: but yeah, we also had, I guess, some audio technical difficulties recording WrestleMania 11 podcast. (laughs) I guess, I guess, it's a curse of WrestleMania 11. Yes, it is. But I can't, I can't argue with you about Nicholas Totoro being the jobber. Since I guess, out of any other celebrities that, that were at WrestleMania 11, he has to, he is definitely the jobber, hands down. (laughs) <laughs> so my mid event status star has to be bam bam biglow okay who better to put lt over than him like we discussed he did a great job and he was probably the best person to do that and yeah keep the professionalism you know yeah keep yeah keep the you know business and personal you know, personal business all of it like we discussed you know if it was Shawn michaels against lt Shawn Michaels may have through a temper attachment like he did in the <laughs> the title match with Diesel. Right, maybe.
1: So, yeah,
0: my Well <laughs> yeah, that Batman has to be my main inventor. Sure. for the ninth.
1: Yeah, and I and I can't uh, can't lie on that one. Can't can't dog on that choice at all. Uh mine is Sean, uh my main inventor. Uh I do you know, it's it's funny that you said, you know, he was gonna come out and try to uh, you know, be the be the star of this and whatever. Try to try to make it happen there for putting them not not in the main event slot. but um, I, th- you know, I thought he did a pretty darn good job carrying that match. It was a good match. So that that's he's mine. Okay then. uh yeah then
0: I, I do have, have some Q and A's and all that.
1: Oh great! Why don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> we kind of talk? So, <laughs> we
0: yeah. Well, we kind of talked a little bit about it, but um, what's your thoughts on? Yeah, Batman's performance and do you feel like I know I thought I heard before that after this Batman was promised a, a run with the WWF title. Do you feel like based on Batman's performance at WrestleMania Eleven, would he have been a good WWF champion from ninety five into ninety six?
1: Yes. And and you know, if I, I as I was watching this one, I thought, you know, if I wanted to continue my rebooking or whatever, I probably would have had him in consequential pay-per-views run through the Million Dollar Corporation culminating with Sid and then going into a feud for the title with whoever was the champion with him winning it. So, yes, I do. Okay, And I do think you would have done a good job with it. How about you?
0: I would have loved to see Bam Bam as WWE Champion. I am sad that he didn't, but I understand that up to I guess the late '90s, that the title wasn't passed around as often as it is now. Yeah, and holding the title actually meant something, so I understand why if they didn't give Bam Bam the title.
1: But yeah, you, and I mean, even at at this point, even Shawn hadn't been champion. I think he, you know, he has a better case than Bam Bam at yeah. this point.
0: And I guess you know, talk about Bam Bam being a WWE champion. Would he do you feel like he would have been a better champion or a worse champion than Diesel?
1: Um, at least
0: least to the buy rates, because I don't, I feel like he
1: couldn't do any worse than Diesel during this time. Well, who (laughs) could have? I think, you know, I think business was in the can. Um, no matter who. Was champ, and that's one of the arguments that Kevin Nash uses when people say, Well, you're the worst trying champion of all time. He goes, Well, who would have? <laughs> and and I don't know. Which, I don't
0: know. The diesel does make, Nash does make a good point there that, yeah, yeah wrestling in the early, the mid 90s up to, you know, later on in the year 95, wrestling wasn't that popular. And I guess, yeah, I can't fully argue with that. Uh, who, yeah, any champion. This would have put the belt on, probably wouldn't have been much worse than Diesel.
1: Right, exactly. So, but, but, but um, what, oh, yeah, what was I going to say? I was going to say that matches probably would have been better because I think Bam Bam was a better worker than Diesel. Um, he probably wouldn't have been as successful with all those media appearances that we saw Diesel making. Like I can't really imagine Bam Bam doing like the MTV stuff or like the NBA stuff, just because you know he doesn't strike really a kid-friendly image, if you will, or kind of like Hollywood-friendly image.
0: Yeah, yeah, because like you said that. that we give Diesel Nash crap, but you know him always sounded sleepy. But yeah, I can't see Bammer doing much of a better. Job than Diesel did, yeah. Making all yeah, those media appearances,
1: was, yeah. Doing the Hollywood stuff, but yeah. yeah and
0: I know we kind of talked a little bit on the special cast 10 last weekend, but uh, let's see. Could uh, I know there's it hasn't been confirmed yet, but there's rumblings that there could be a possible rock and Roder Rousey for Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. WrestleMania match.
1: Sure. If that match happens,
0: could it be as huge and successful as Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow?
1: You know, probably more. Probably more because wrestling's actually uh, kind of hot right now. So um, I think it could be more successful.
0: Okay. Then uh, yesterday, I put up on Facebook to see if, if there's any, anybody that has any que- uh, questions for us. And again, we kind of we answered this, but. Fron Derry actually asked a question, a guest who was on on last weekend reviewing <laughs> WrestleMania uh, 31. Yep. He uh, he asked in regards to Bob Backlund, <clears throat> was it I quit <laughs> or was it oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so that made me laugh that when I saw Fran uh post that question I had to ask it. <laughs> So thank you, Farron, for that question and all that fun stuff. Oh, and, right on. And also thank you, fans, for listening through this long episode of WrestleMania 11. Heck yeah, dude. So we might as well do our quick plugs for the for the podcast. You guys can listen to us at our website, mineventstatus.com Again, that's mineventstatus.com or our, or on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash radio. Again, that's soundcloud.com slash mid event status radio. You guys can listen to us on iTunes, search us out in the library, mid event status radio, hit the subscribe button. You guys would get it once it gets edited and uploaded. Rate us, review us, because we want to beat Jim Ross's Ross report because we're tired of his saucy <laughs> <Stop>. attitude. Then <Yeah. laughs> you guys can interact with us at on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mid radio, or you guys can just search out mid event status radio. In, in the i in the facebook you know search search options search feed you know it's just you know hit like there interact with us there uh we usually post a the uh, post a uh url but once we put, upload the podcast and you guys can interact with us on twitter i am at dirty dog m-e-s that's dog as in d-a-d-a-w-g daddy-o dirty dog m-e-s beverly how can they interact with you on twitter
1: And you can find me at Beverly
0: Hills MES. Then do you have any final thoughts and memories of WrestleMania 11 and our road to WrestleMania 11 series?
1: Oh, man. The road to WrestleMania. It was a good road. It was a fun series. Um, But I can't say that I'm super displeased to be off this road.
0: I agree with you there. I, I am sad that we're done. But I'm excited for the special cast that we have planned for next yeah. week to kind of do ref- tie in another bowl on, yeah, on this, this, on this era. And I'm excited to see what, what the summer brings us for our new series, whatever it may be.
1: Ha 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 ha! I have a plan. Oh, I will not reveal as to yet
0: what that plan is, though. You can reveal it to me when we're when the tape machine isn't recording, Daddy O. <laughs> and for Mr. Beverly Hills and for Daddy Sunshine. I am the Dirty Dog, Darcy. We'll catch you guys next time on Made of Status Radio.
1: Do you see the light? I
3: saw the light! (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Good night!